fun people, welcome. We are here for the Walt Disney Company Investor Day. It is finally here and man, am I excited. I, I really like could barely contain my excitement. When I initially heard about this, I was like, oh cool, they're doing a little thing. I bet it's just gonna be a bunch of suits in a, in a conference doing Zoom calls. But but no, this is this is a big event. It's like the D23 of of updates about the company. It's it's wild. And I, I'm just so excited. We we like have been having such a wild and down year. It's been so hard. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we've got this amazing event that's going to tell us all about what's happened in the past with the company. Um, what's been going on with the Walt Disney Company this year and what they're planning to do in the future. And that's where it gets exciting. Like, obviously, there's going to be a bunch of information about how the business has been doing, how it's been affected by COVID-19 and coronavirus and everything. Uh, but there's also the very interesting information that comes about how the consumer products division is going to do continue what's that what is that going to all look like how is disney plus going to expand what type of content are we going to get what type of movies are going to be coming directly to disney plus this year these are all of the things that we're going to learn about we're probably going to get a lot of trailers a lot of updates it's kind of hilarious we just keep getting on on loop uh music from from the films and then this little this little up-to-date thing of how you can best watch the stream i to understand it a bit more, I went back into what 2019's uh, Disney Investor Day looked like, and it was it, it pretty much showcased everything that was going on with with the company, and so that gets me really excited <laughs> for this. For everyone that's coming on and watching this with me live on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. Thank you so much. I see you all in the comments. I appreciate you all being here with me, and I'm really, really excited to jump into this. Um, There's there's some indications of what we might see um, during this event, which I kind of want to go through, too. Um, that there's there's some information by analysts saying that this is going to be a big event, positive event for Disney. Uh, that they might announce that there's been over 120 million global streaming subscribers to Disney Plus, which is incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely wild how many people are signing up for this service. And I've even heard rumors that Disney might combine with Hulu at some point to more well-round their platform. Which, man, that's that's a whole nother level. Uh, but but it also talks about what subs how many subscribers they want in the future, how many how many groups they'll want um, moving forward. Um, like, uh, man, I just got a I just got a ding. I just got a notification, so I'm like caught off guard. I'm I'm if I sound like I'm rambling or I'm just sounding off of uh. Like off script, that's totally what's going on. We're just, we're just, we're live. We're, we're diving into it. There's also estimates of that the parks are going to hit record numbers based off of how they've had to optimize because of COVID, and there's going to be a huge demand. I know for me, I'm super excited <laughs> about being able to go back to the parks. But in addition to that, 
I mean, we've already gotten some information that about Encanto, Walt Disney's next movie after Ryan the Last Dragon. I'm sure we might get some more information about that, possibly even a trailer. The same goes for, um, I mean, not only hearing about what might be developing in the parks, but really this is about the streaming service and the content. That's where they're going with this in the future. Um, but yeah, we've got information that Spider-Man 3 is going to be this like wild Spider-Verse idea with people like the the Netflix Daredevil in it. We've got former Spider-Man in it and possibly Doc Ock. It's there's just a wild amount of news. Same same goes for Star Wars. There's also been rumors that that Disney is going to have an expansion of where they're going to take Star Wars into the future, which I think <laughs> is very, very exciting. To me, to me, like my favorite thing to talk about on on YouTube <clears throat> in particular <laughs> and social media in general is definitely Disney. But for me, it's it's all about everything like I've enjoyed Star Wars and Marvel early on into my life um like it's it's just been a part of how I've grown up and it's been so amazing to have all of these amazing properties um be fleshed out more all by this one company and I'm just so excited of what I'll be able to see in the future um there we go perfect so this is this is going to be our little setup for the next few hours. Oh yeah. By the way, I hope this doesn't intimidate. But they said this is possibly going to be a 4-hour conference, which I I don't know about you, but that's that sounds like a long time. So hopefully it's it's a an in-depth look at what we're going to see and what we're going to get into the future. I think there's uh, there's just so much to talk about. And in 2020, especially like, I'm just so excited that we're going to have a lot of things to look forward to. I felt like even this year, it was difficult to have a lot of things to look forward to because sometimes they would just kind of come and go like, um, like DuckTales came on to the scene and then just disappeared. There's, there's been like movies that have come out like onward and then they just kind of went away. Uh, and that's just kind of the, the disappointing fact of it. Um, and hopefully we'll get some theater experiences, getting the chance to hop in. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm just so excited. They're, play they're playing high school musical music right now. I don't, but we got to be careful with that. I don't want to, I don't want the, the stream to get hampered by something like that, but. Man, yeah, wow, four hours? I know, like, I can't, I can't even really picture it. The, the thing is, is, so, a little bit of background. I went to D23, which is their big expo where fans can come and enjoy, enjoy um, everything to do with the updates about Disney. And I did that in 2019 in August. It was a super cool experience, but... Like, to get into the big, earth-shattering announcements and actually see the directors and everything, unfortunately, the reality was is that you just kind of didn't get to... Didn't, you didn't really get into it unless you, like, were super dedicated 
and were were in in line very diligently. And that was just something I wasn't super interested in doing when Disneyland was so close. So I'm honestly I'm so happy that we just all get to enjoy this. Um I am reading the chat. I am going through it and looking at it. Uh I'm just currently like fleshing out a lot of my early ideas before we like get into the conference and everything. I just want to make sure that I'm like articulating all the things that I'm excited about, uh, what we're expecting. Yeah. D23 is super cool. Honestly, one of the craziest things was that I actually got to meet people that knew who I was. And that was super cool. I've been to Disney world and most people, like I haven't had a ton of interactions like that, but at D23, that was, that was where my people were. <laughs> so shout out to anyone who met me there. Uh, Disney is love. Disney is life. Just something I thought I would say. I completely agree. I thank you, Cassidy, for that, that, that comment. That's exactly it. We got 10 minutes. Interesting. So it's kind of a little delayed, but that's okay. I I'm willing to sit here and just enjoy it. Like I was, I was, when I was trying to figure out how I wanted to set up this, this stream so that we could all access it and watch it. I was going through other people's reaction videos to similar events and man does it just get me it got me so excited like hearing the music blare for like star wars and even even seeing like the trailer of wandavision i am just so excited for so much more to come on to um coming on to disney uh, disney plus <laughs> um i am accepting super chats that's a good question uh, I'm I'm happy to look at them um, and answer them. <laughs> there we go. Um, so yeah, any any support if if you want to support me or the channel or anything, I I guess I'll I'll get that out of the way too. Uh, you can super chat if you like. You can follow like support me on Patreon. All those things should be linked down below. Um, but really, this this is just a time to enjoy being a Disney fan, man. Like, I I'm I'm so in love with the company, and truly, like, it keeps me going. I there's so many things that I'm like passionate about and care a lot about that I talk to my friends about, like Tesla, SpaceX, and I've I've had a really rough year to be honest. Like, waves of being being having like social like personal issues and just just so much garbage but at the end of the day like this is exactly what I would want to be doing right now <laughs> uh Sarah says as a Disney cast member I have to say you would be wonderful to work with thank you so much honestly <laughs> that means the world when people say man why don't you work for Disney World or or for the Disney company I that means the world. I'm so glad that I can be someone that that people look to as someone who um as someone who reflects well the company. That's that's something I strive to do. Does anyone remember a show called uh Marsupolami that was on the Disney Afternoon? No, I never saw that. A lot of the Disney Afternoon I I'm not super familiar with to be honest. Ooh, more Muppets? I would be excited for more Muppets. I really enjoyed the Muppets movies, but that's just something... That's just how I was. I haven't I haven't really watched the archive of, like, the original Muppet show. I, I am hoping that Darkwing Duck 
is going to get a spinoff. There's been rumors about that. So I've got a feeling that that's something we might see. Uh, thank you for the super chat, uh, ATM. In a Disney Phantom of the Opera, I'd cast Eugene as the Phantom Peter Parker as Raul Honeylemon from Big Hero 6 as Christine. Ooh, man. I I would be super happy to see more... Um, to see more shows like Hamilton come to the forefront. I think that would be incredible. I want more professionally recorded shows like that. Uh, Grace agrees that we've all had a rough year. I, yeah, yeah, we have. It, it's been, it's been something else. I, but I, I hope we're all getting through it. I, I hope that we all get on, on the other side of this as a, as a more tightly knit community um, of humans. <laughs> and, and you know, in this case, on this channel, Disney fans, I hope we can all come together for that. Uh, and, you know, just just try to make the best of it. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for the for the the support of you the best. I really appreciate that. I, I'm glad that I can be a bright spot and I'm glad that we can have have the technology to be able to sit down at our homes and be able to enjoy like a program like this. We do need more Broadway. Honestly, like the only ones right now are really, um, it's Hamilton and the, the other one, Jeremy Jordan is in, I can't think of it, but we, it's a limited amount right now. Honestly, I, and that's the reason. Okay. So Encanto, the new Disney film, it's looking to be a, the new, a new musical, which I'm super excited about. We haven't gotten a good Disney animated musical since, um, since Moana. Oh man, here we go. Five minutes left. Five minutes remaining. Here we go. Oh yes. Newsy, Newsies was what I was thinking of. There we go. Uh, yeah, we're starting, it's starting off soon. So we're just, we're just waiting for Disney to get this ball rolling. Also, to the hundreds of you who are on the channel right now watching, thank you so much. This is incredible. I I love getting the chance to do live events like this, and so I'm I'm super happy. This is exactly oh man. I keep pressing the wrong button. This is exactly where I want to be right now. This is this is what I want to be doing. Alright. Oh man. Let's go. This is what we've been waiting for. Honestly, it, the, the crazy thing is, too, is that I didn't even really know. The, like, I I wasn't super aware that something like this was going on. It was just like, hey, there was, a, there was a talk about the parks a while ago. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Disney Investor Day, all the content, all the content. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Jalen, thank you so much for subscribing. Um, Irene, thank you so much for being here. I love you too. Thank you all. You guys are amazing. I'm I'm happy you found this channel too, Bella. <laughs> I see the thing is the thing that I want is I know there's so many people doing wonderful discussions about Star Wars and Marvel that specifically do that, but honestly, the thing that I would do with my friends is we talk about all that but also Disney, and that's what I'm want to be able to do is have those conversations that I had with all my friends in like high school and everything. And now we get to do that. Oh, I'm, 
I'm so I'm so ready for this. <laughs> we gonna we're gonna buckle in. We're gonna see trailers. We're gonna see all this crazy stuff. Mm. If if there's something specifically you're hoping to see, let me know what it is. Like, do you want to see Ratatouille the musical? Do you what is that something you want? Um, let's see. Oh, so we're getting, what exactly is this? All right. So that's a good question. We'll, we'll recap it again, since we've had, we now have over a thousand people watching, which is crazy. This is the biggest stream I've ever done. <laughs> this is wild. But what this is, it's an, it's an investor day. So I've watched a few of these for other companies, but never Disney, which is kind of wild. Um, but what it is, is it's a breakdown of how the year went and what they're planning to do in the future. And it's really intended for investors in the company to give them confidence. So pretty much it's a hype train. It's literally like, this is all the best stuff we've got going on right now. Here it all is. They're just like pushing out into the world all at once to try to make sure that in their final final quarter of the year that they, they're looking like a positive company, that they're going to be profitable and that their future is bright to inspire trust in the investors. And so, yeah, it's pretty much just like, here's all the movies, here's all the shows, here's how we're going to make like a few more billion dollars, <laughs> which is really what it comes down to. It's like, we're, we're just going to make a ton of money and trust me, it's going to be epic. And then it's kind of evolved throughout the years is since it doesn't have to be just investors coming on, like with the internet, now it's like, it pretty much is like a big fan event too. So even if we're not invested, which I don't think I'm currently invested into Disney stock, like on its own or anything, but it's, it's available for that. Here we go. One minute remaining until we were, we go live and we get to see, we get to see it all going down. Oh man. Oh yes. Here we go. I think. I would be excited if they merged all of the streaming services. I would be all for that. All right, we'll keep we'll keep the the music down for a little bit. We're gonna get we're gonna get to see CEO Bob Chapek tell us about what's going down in 2021 and beyond. Like everything's been getting weird with specifically like Warner Brothers bringing all of their theatrical films to HBO Max on the same day. Like. There could be some crazy revelations going down on on this today. Like, if they do something crazy like that, I could totally see it. Oh, here we go! Here we go! <laughs> oh, man. This is it! Good afternoon. Oh! Singer, Senior Vice President of Investor Relations at the Walt Disney Company. And it's my pleasure to welcome you to Disney Investor Day 2020. We truly appreciate you taking the time to join us here today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, Investor Day, <laughs> we intend to convey why we are so excited about our direct-to-consumer oh. opportunity. And also to answer many of the questions you've asked us since our first direct-to-consumer Investor Day in April of 2019. Okay, so, so last year's was the first year. The That's why I wasn't aware of it. In a moment, <laughs> you will hear from Bob Chapek, Disney's chief executive. Yeah, officer. Bobby! Next, Woo! Kareem Daniel, who heads our media and entertainment distribution business, will discuss our commercialization strategy. 
You will then hear more detail about our direct-to-consumer businesses, including Disney+, Plus, Star, Hulu, and ESPN+. Okay, we cranked it all the we way. We will then take a 10-minute break. And following the break, our executive chairman, Bob Iger, will kick off a presentation of our incredible content pipeline, during which you will hear from many of our company's amazing creative executives. Later, our chief financial officer, Christine McCarthy, will provide a financial update. And then after Bob Chapek wraps up the day, we will move to an analyst question and answer session. Ooh. We are joining you today from stage two here on our lot in Burbank, which is the same stage on which we hosted many of you last year. And while much has changed over the past 20 months, including our direct-to-consumer ambition, some things haven't changed chills. at all, <laughs> including our legal team. So, before we move on, I must mention that statements made in today's presentation may contain forward-looking information. Actual results may differ materially from the what important we are legal today. work. <laughs> the information you now see identifies and gives you details about some of the risks regarding those forward-looking statements, as well as where to go to get more information about our risk factors. Is this good? Now, We've a couple got the of logistical notes about today. Now. Due to some rights issues, we will only be able to stream some of the videos that we are showing today. We apologize that we can't share all of them. However, we do have a lot we can show you. And we also hope that you can view today's presentation on a large screen. Shortly yeah. after the conclusion of today's presentation, we will be making a replay of the event available. We will also be posting downloadable slides to our website. Finally, and most importantly, Thanks for taking the time to join us today. And Absolute now, pleasure. It is my pleasure to introduce the Chief Executive Officer of the Walt Disney Company, Bob Chapek. Here we go! Thank you, Lowell. Yeah. I also want to welcome you all to our virtual investor day. While I wish we could be together for this, I think you'll find the presentation we have for you is truly spectacular. It's hard to believe it's only been a year since we first introduced you in the world to a whole new way of enjoying the magic uh, of Disney and the comfort and convenience. I'm getting so many chills. Homes. I've loved having we Disney. We knew this Plus. one of a kind service <laughs> featuring content only Disney can create would resonate with consumers and stand out in the marketplace. And needless to say, Disney Plus has exceeded our wildest expectations with 86.8 million subscribers as of December 2nd. Wow. That's quite an achievement. This success has bolstered our confidence in our continued acceleration towards a DTC-first business model. And more importantly, it's launched the Walt Disney Company into a new era of delivering consumers truly exceptional entertainment built around our world-renowned brands and franchises. Given that storytelling is at the heart of everything we do at Disney, we're incredibly proud of how much our stories have been embraced by people around the world. 95% of the population in 12 of our top global markets engaged with our content over the past year alone. And more than 1 billion people have identified themselves as true fans with a deep emotional connection to our brands. Wow. Since the launch That's of insane. Disney Plus, we have been working hard to meet the growing demand for entertainment. <laughs> and now, with our recent reorganization, we've separated content creation from distribution and put in place a new structure that will allow us to be even more nimble, responsive, and effective 
in the delivery of our unparalleled programming. This will enable us to tell great stories inspired by the perfect mix of creative excellence enhanced by data-driven audience insights delivered in ways that consumers want. Our unique access to an incredible number of consumer touch streamed. points across our businesses gives us a clear advantage. Based on insights gained from this wealth of data, our distribution and commercialization team is able to better inform our creatives of consumer preferences. And the creative teams are empowered to make the high quality branded entertainment they believe will resonate with audiences. This new organization also gives us maximum flexibility in determining when and on which platform content will be available. And this is especially important now, given consumers' rapidly changing consumption behaviors and the prolonged uncertainty due to the pandemic. Yep. As circumstances change, we will continue to consider these and other critical factors when determining what steps we may take to most effectively distribute our programming. Our goal is always to serve consumers in the best way possible. Our new head of media and entertainment distribution, Kareem Daniel, will talk more about our long-term plans in just a moment. While Ooh. this has been a very tough year I can't for wait all to of hear us, what they're planning to here do. at Disney, we continue to take deliberate and innovative steps in running our business to best position them for future growth. Walt Disney founded this company nearly 100 oh, no, years ago with the belief oh, he's that we should the Walt always Disney be stuff. evolving, oh. growing, and reinventing oh. ourselves. In his words, we keep moving forward, oh. opening new doors and doing new things because we're curious, and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. And I strongly believe it is this perpetual willingness to constantly challenge the status quo, to be visionary in our thinking, to take smart, bold risks, and to make strategic investments in our future that allows our company to continue to thrive like, in increasingly dynamic oh, environments. And doing Another thing that really sets us apart is the ecosystem that's comprised of our various lines of business and portfolio of great brands and franchises. Some of you may be familiar with this 1957 Mary schematic Poppins, yeah. that shows how Walt envisioned that the company me. with everything centered around storytelling. There was an incredible amount of synergy between segments that powered the company's success. And what you see today is a modern incarnation of this same synergy, still rooted in the tremendous strength of our storytelling across our unrivaled collection of brands and franchises. Our unique ecosystem connects us with consumers in ways that no other company can. For example, let's consider the outstanding success of Marvel. Oh, with its record-breaking yeah, collection it's of astounding. films from the Marvel Cinematic Universe loved by fans around the world, including the number one movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. Yeah! And we're incredibly excited to show you what the amazing team at Marvel has in store for you later in the presentation, including I'm hyped. future films along with cinematic quality episodic shows headed to Disney Plus, such as the highly anticipated new series, oh, WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. Oh. We also can't wait for you to experience the yes. all new Avengers Campus being built at Disney California Adventure. I wanna go so and the bad. the selection of new superhero consumer products available around the world. Oh, and as I you'll love see later, our other studios with their own prolific collection of intellectual property are developing new storylines and characters that will expand our popular franchises well into the future and all of it 
will inevitably become part of Disney Plus, further enriching the unmatched offering of content available on the service. Of course, our excitement in the DTC space goes well beyond just Disney Plus. We're incredibly pleased with the success of all of our streaming services. Disney Just Plus, to make it clear, ESPN DTC Plus, is direct and consumer. And now, with the upcoming launch of our star-branded general entertainment offering outside the U.S., fueled by our amazing creatives and the incredible array of high-quality movies and series mm. from our acquisition of 21st Century Fox, our DTC business will be even more robust and have a greater global reach than ever before. We're confident the future of the Walt Disney Company. I wonder what Star does that the rest of their streaming services. We have services the best and most respected do, brands in the world, other than being outside and the, the US. most talented people in the industry. And we're taking bold, transformative steps and making the right investments to accelerate our growth. Before I turn it over to Kareem, let me just say how proud I am to be leading this extraordinary company during this pivotal time. And like everyone, we are facing some tough short-term challenges. But just as we've done countless times over our nearly 100-year history, we are finding new and innovative ways to entertain and inspire people, which you'll see throughout this presentation. Now, let's welcome Kareem. Kareem, here we go. Thanks, Bob, and good afternoon, everyone. I am thrilled to be also, here representing thank you for the Disney's 2000 new media and entertainment distribution YouTube. organization. I, this is but incredible. I'm so happy to be surrounded by all of you. unparalleled stories created across the Walt Disney Company with fans and families around the world. We have the very best creative minds in the industry here at Disney, and I'm excited to share with you our plans for how we intend to accelerate our growth in the critical direct-to-consumer space in partnership with the creative teams in the studios, <laughs> general entertainment, and sports organizations. As a company, we were set up to achieve success in an increasingly dynamic environment. And as Bob mentioned, consumer behavior really does drive our decision-making. While we have always valued the data gained through our numerous consumer touch points, the rapid growth of our portfolio of D2C services provides us with an even greater opportunity to understand their preferences. And we are using these insights to help determine how to optimally engage with our audiences. In fact, our team uses all of the information available to us when determining how best to allocate our annual creative content budgets across platforms with the goal to maximize both audience engagement and commercial impact. And we share this budgetary framework and critical insights with our creative partners as part of a truly collaborative planning process that delivers high quality branded entertainment to achieve our established growth objectives for all of our platforms, from direct consumer to linear networks to theatrical exhibition. This exchange of information is a key pillar of our organization's overall strategy, which also relies on the increased flexibility provided by our mix of distribution options, including, in no particular order, releasing content through traditional windows, such as theaters and linear networks before it is made available on our direct-to-consumer services, particularly recognizing theatrical exhibition's ability to help establish major franchises that are at the heart of our Disney flywheel. So they still want to go to theater first. Simultaneously, day and date on both traditional and D2C platforms in concert with our premier access commercialization strategy for the D2C component. Mm, and still doing exclusively distributing our content on our streaming services, providing a constant flow of new titles for subscriber acquisition and to minimize churn. Of course, regardless of where it originates, all of our films and episodic series will inevitably end up as part of our incredibly rich and increasingly robust library of content 
on our D2C platforms. I am kind Since of streaming has quickly become a preferred method of consumption, we are prioritizing our D2C platform, both in terms of how we distribute our content and also through our increased investment in original programming for Disney+, Hulu, ESPN+, and the upcoming star-branded International General Entertainment offering. By significantly mm. ramping up production for these services, we will not only accelerate the growth of our D2C businesses, but also solidify our deep and very personal relationship with consumers globally. Today, you will see this new strategy clearly reflected as our creative leaders tell you about the phenomenal stories that they're developing, ranging from blockbusters that will debut first in theaters to premium series and films that will only be available on Disney+. These Disney Plus originals will carry a special logo, and I can tell you that you'll be seeing it a lot over the course of the next couple of hours. I hope, Just to yeah. provide you with a preview, Let's we're happy go. to announce that over the next few years, we will release roughly 10 Marvel series, oh my 10 goodness. Star Wars series, 15 Disney live action, Disney animation, and Pixar series, as well as 15 Disney live action, Disney animation, and Pixar features, all new mm. and all directly on Disney Plus. What? With these Disney Plus originals, what? along with theatrical releases and library titles, we will be adding something new to the service Feature every films week. coming straight. Notably, this month's programming is a great example is of how we're able to seamlessly blend long-term planning with the nimbleness required to drive success uh, in so a dynamic world. As we're offering both the conclusion of the second season of our hit original series, The Mandalorian, as well as the recently announced debut yeah. of Pixar's next masterpiece, Soul which was initially slated for theaters. In a similar way, so excited for the Soul. wealth of Disney Plus content that we'll preview for you today also reflects a mix of stories developed specifically for the service, along with content originally intended for theatrical release. In particular, a number of Disney and Pixar films heading to Disney Plus were previously planned as theatrical releases, but as a perfect illustration of our strategic pivot to a D2C first business model, we have decided they will now be Disney Plus originals. Further, so many chills. in light of what COVID-related challenges in the marketplace and our commitment to providing consumers greater choice than ever before, we are pleased to announce that we will release Walt Disney Animation Studios' epic adventure story, Raya and the Last Dragon, through Disney Plus Premiere Access at the same time that we debut the film in theaters mm. in March. You'll have a chance to hear more about this highly anticipated film from Jennifer Lee, Chief Creative Officer of Walt Disney Animation, in just a little while. She is also the is director of both Frozen films. all of films. these distribution plans reflect our current view of the media and entertainment landscape. One of the primary benefits of our new are organizational structure access, or are you go is to our theaters? ability to quickly reevaluate and adjust That's our hard. plans in light of any changes in the marketplace. And we will continue to shift and optimize our mix of windowed theatrical, day and date, and D2C exclusive offerings according to what is best for the consumer and our businesses. The Walt Disney Company is uniquely positioned to execute this consumer-centric strategy. We have brands and franchises that are beloved globally. We have teams of brilliant storytellers powering our best-in-class creative engines. And we have a strong and diverse portfolio of streaming services. All of these factors yield distinct competitive advantages, enabling us to deliver the compelling stories that audiences worldwide have come to expect from Disney <laughs> in the ever-evolving ways that they prefer to view them. And now, here to share a business update on our direct-to-consumer services, please welcome Rebecca Campbell, Chairman, International Operations, and Direct-to-Consumer. Thank you. Thanks, Kareem. 
Today, I'm going to start by updating cool. you on the incredible growth that our streaming services have experienced to date. And then I'm going to give you a preview of the exciting things that we have in store for our global direct-to-consumer offerings. Now, when you heard from us in April of 2019, we shared our guidance for fiscal year 2024. 60 to 90 million Disney Plus subscribers, 40 to 60 million Hulu subscribers, and 8 to 12 million ESPN Plus subscribers. I'm thrilled to say that our performance against those goals has been spectacular. As of December 2nd, we now have over 137 million subscriptions across our direct-to-consumer portfolio, including 86.8 million Disney Plus subscribers, mm. of which approximately 30% are Disney Plus Hotstar subscribers, 38.8 million Hulu subscribers, and 11.5 million ESPN Plus subscribers. Wow. Due so to this exceptional performance out of the gate, our aspirations have grown since we last met. And our CFO, Christine McCarthy, will provide updated guidance for our direct-to-consumer business later today. But first, I want to talk about Disney+. And by the way, our amazing storytellers could not have scripted this any better. In just over a year, Disney Plus has cemented its reputation as a singular destination for premium branded content. Our subscriber growth demonstrates the incredible consumer response as we've rolled the service out around the world. Our initial launch in the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the Netherlands yielded an immediate response, 10 million signups as of day one. And then <laughs> I was we quickly one of them. expanded I signed across up EMEA at D23. to the UK, Germany, Italy, Spain, France, and in more than 10 other countries. And then in Asia, we launched Disney Plus Hotstar in India and Indonesia and executed a limited Disney Plus launch in Japan. And that will actually expand to the full market next year. And just last month, we launched in Latin America including Argentina, All Brazil, Mexico, Chile, Colombia, and Peru, and more than 15 additional countries in South and Central America. And we're not done yet, as we will be launching in more markets in 2021, That's including good. Eastern Europe, South Korea, and Hong Kong, to name a few. Now, to speak more about our global distribution strategy for Disney+, Plus. I'd like to turn it over to Michael Paul, president of Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Interesting. Thanks, he Rebecca. does both. That's a cool. perfect setup. I guess the across ones the globe, we built early momentum recently. by meeting customers by wherever Disney they recently. are on the devices they prefer. The availability of our app on mobile and connected TV devices has helped us amplify our reach into more streaming households and deepen subscriber engagement. We have an extensive device footprint globally, which provides subscribers with a variety of ways to access Disney+. This was made possible by launching deals with Apple, Amazon's Fire TV, Google, and Roku, to name a few. I'm excited to announce today our new agreement with Comcast, which will make available a fully integrated Disney Plus and ESPN Plus experience to over 20 million 
Comcast X1 set-top boxes, and Flex platforms, joining Hulu in the first quarter of 2021. While we've acquired the majority of our subscribers directly or through third-party app stores, our launch strategy also included wholesale agreements with a variety of distributors to further expand our reach and amplify our marketing. In the U.S., we've been pleased with Verizon's Disney Plus on Us promotion. And this past August, How did you all we extended our agreement to offer the Disney bundle to their premium tier of unlimited customers. Verizon is providing a seamless experience for customers rolling off their initial promotion and upgrading to the Disney bundle. The Disney bundle combines Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus in one for the low monthly price of $12.99. And in January, based on feedback from our customers, we'll make a version of the Disney bundle that includes Hulu with no ads for $6 more per month widely available, providing mm. even greater choice and flexibility to our consumers. In Europe, we have distribution deals with leading pay TV That's and intriguing. mobile network operators, including Canal Plus in France, Deutsche Telekom in Germany, Movistar in Spain, O2 in the UK, and Tim in Italy. In Asia Pacific, we teamed with Geo, India's largest telecom network and the third largest mobile network operator in the world, serving nearly 400 million customers. Together with Geo, we made it simple and convenient for prepaid mobile customers to access Disney Plus Hotstar, helping drive rapid growth in India. And in Latin America, we collaborated with Mercado Libre, the region's leading e-commerce company with over 76 million I'm sure if a lot of you are from the United States, Plus. We, you're like me, in and addition, we do not we know these brands. market leaders <laughs> across the region. Hey, I know Visa. And <laughs> I have the offers. Disney Visa card. So. We've also been <laughs> ambitious in experimenting with reaching new audience segments. Take, for example, our recently launched global offer with Epic Games that bundles Disney Plus with Fortnite purchases. By combining our incredible IP with authentic in-game tie-ins, kind of we're cool able thing. to market Disney Plus to millions of Fortnite players around the world. Now I'll turn it back to you, smart. Rebecca, to speak to our Disney Plus engagement strategy. Thanks, Michael. Disney Plus has provided us the platform to bring more incredible content directly to consumers. At the same time as the world adapted to challenges brought on by the pandemic, and looking ahead, the content slated for Disney Plus over this coming year is truly extraordinary. And I can't wait for you to hear more from our amazing content creators later today. But before we get there, I'd love to tell you about how we're approaching the expansion of Disney Plus internationally. So as I mentioned earlier, our launches around the world have also, been thank a key you for the 3,000 people that are here watching right now with today. me. This is awesome. And what we've <laughs> done in India will help illustrate how we have adapted our approach. With a rapidly growing middle class and expanding discretionary spending, India is a promising market opportunity. And we are uniquely positioned to succeed in India due to our existing presence with Star TV and Hotstar Digital Brands. Hmm. This is why we decided to launch Disney Plus in conjunction with Hotstar, to create a truly integrated entertainment experience for consumers in that market. 
Disney Plus Hotstar offers oh. a massive collection of local content. From Bollywood films to TV series in seven local languages, adding over 17,000 hours of original local programming every year. And importantly, Disney Plus Hotstar is the exclusive home for the most significant cricket events in the world. The Indian Premier League, the Asia Cup, the Cricket Very World cool. Cup, and BCCI's India Cricket Rights. On top of that, offering all the best that the Walt Disney Company has in one place like, has made I'm Disney sure Plus Hotstar with me the as ultimate much, streaming but destination I'm just in happy India. that they're all making the moves to reach more people. Price. Now, this strategy is our template for other South Asian markets, with Indonesia being the first, that are also driven by local content and mobile consumption. We know Disney Plus Hotstar can lead the region as the top streaming service for all of our consumers. So building on the success of Disney Plus Hotstar in India and Indonesia, we will be launching Star and Star Plus as our general entertainment content brand mm. outside of the United States. And we will be offering these brands in two different ways, depending on the market. Now, I know that this may be a lot to digest, so let me walk you through <laughs> it, and I'd like to explain each strategy. Let's start with Star. In Europe, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, and then a few other markets, Star will be fully integrated into Disney+. Plus. It will be accessible as the oh. sixth brand tile in the app. Star will add a robust collection of our best original and library general entertainment films and series to exceptional content already available on Disney+. Plus. Star mm. will include global hit series from Disney Television Studios and FX to blockbuster films and significant library content from the Disney Library and our 21st Century Fox acquisition mm. to an array of exclusive local original content specifically programmed to appeal to our subscribers within each market. We will be launching Star in many markets on February 23rd, 2021. I'm just we'll wondering... also be raising the price of Disney Plus to reflect oh. the value of all of this remarkable content. For example, huh. in continental this is, Europe, this is kind of interesting. we'll be raising like, the price by two euros I'm wondering to eight ninety nine with a similar adjustment in other Disney markets. Plus in the United States. And then we'll use this approach like, it's kind of interesting as we launch that Disney Plus with only Star doing it in other already included countries. in additional markets, including Japan and South Korea later in 2021. Now, to give us a first look at the Disney Plus service with Star integrated, please welcome our head of product for Disney Plus, Gerald Jimerson. Welcome, Gerald. It's great to be with all of you this afternoon. Rebecca's given me a wonderful setup to walk everyone through the Star experience yeah. on a connected TV. Yeah, even so, what is Star? On even Disney then, Plus? it's still cheaper than Star Netflix. That's a, a good wide point. range of new content for families older teens and adults to Disney Plus. Now, when subscribers first encounter the new collection, they'll be greeted with an animation that highlights the new star tile, as well as the new movies and shows available. 
Since we'll be adding entertainment oh, I love with more Planet of the Apes. it's important that we take the time to set expectations with our subscribers and make sure the titles they see are appropriate, <laughs> even for the youngest members of the family. Yep. We work That's hard why to they make don't sure want it in America. Control, <laughs> second to none. To that end, we'll ask subscribers to opt in for full access to the expanded catalog. Yep, they're not a fan We've of. We created a simple process for them it, to change their I think their it would be weird to have Family Guy titles with Plus. higher ratings. I could, I could see that. <laughs> if a subscriber chooses to access the full star catalog, we'll ask them for their password to confirm that they're the account owner, and we make it crystal clear that by clicking confirm, they're opting in to view content rated 18 and above, and with their settings updated. Subscribers arrive back at the Disney Plus home screen, where all new content now joins the core family-friendly content of Disney Plus. Joining the other amazing brands that make up Disney Plus is the new star tile. Like our other five brands, like I think Love Victor should just be on screen to browse our general entertainment movies and series. Under the star brand, you'll see newer movies like Kingsman, alongside classics like Die Hard. And Alien, plus great series like Atlanta, Modern Family, Homeland, and The Americans. Yeah, all this should be on. Returning Disney to home, Plus. let's also <laughs> check out I the Marvel it, brand I landing it. screen. I, I don't think they we're like now able the, to include even more movies like Logan plus stuff being and series like with Agents Disney. of Shield. And for those with young children, our best-in-class parental controls ensure your family Logan. only sees the titles yeah. you want them to. <laughs> With the addition of Star, we're making a service that tens of millions of subscribers already love, even more compelling for older teens and adults. Yeah, I guess they All just don't want to market great Hulu care in other countries. They just want to push Disney Plus. Secure, so then they're integrating the content in Hulu. I'll turn it back to into Rebecca to dive into Star, the Star and then placing that into Disney Plus. And I'll be back Plus. in a few to walk you through a first look. Thanks, Cheryl. Now let's shift to our strategy for Latin America, where we are taking a slightly different approach. Unlike Star, mm. which will be embedded in the Disney Plus app, our general entertainment content in Latin America will be in a standalone app. Given the strength of our sports portfolio in this region, we will launch a direct-to-consumer mm. offering called Star Plus, which will include general entertainment TV series and movies from our studios and a stunning array of live sports from ESPN, including an all-star portfolio of soccer leagues, Grand Slam tennis, and much more. Star Plus will also have an incredible collection of local originals and will launch in June of 2021 as a standalone service, but it will also be available as part of an attractively priced bundle with Disney Plus. And now back to Gerald to give you an exclusive first look at the new Star Plus streaming service for Latin America. This just shows you how complicated now that has set up the strategy behind global products can be. That Star Plus is bundled in so many different ways across the world. Mix of great general entertainment movies and series from our studios. In addition, Star Plus will also include sports. From ESPN, a well-respected and recognized brand across Latin America. The first thing you'll notice is a more interactive home screen, where we're showcasing some of the most exciting new content front and center. We've made it easy to find what you love with an updated approach to continue watching. Now, in addition to series like Modern Family 
And movies like Underwater, you'll also find live event programming like the US Open on ESPN. Continue oh, Watching is even smart cool. enough to know when a live event is over and will remove it from view unless an on-demand replay is available. As you scroll down the screen, you'll find blockbuster movies like Deadpool 2 and The Devil Wears Prada. And with new shows and movies from our studios continuously being added to the service, the new to Star Plus row will help subscribers keep up with the always growing collection. Now, moving down the screen, you'll find a row for live sports from ESPN. From this row, you'll be able to see at a glance who's playing, what the score is, and how much time is left in a way that's much more engaging than a traditional EPG. We've also added the ability to quickly jump to a dedicated ESPN sports landing screen. This screen can do much more than your traditional channel guide. It's a window into an incredible variety of sports, and it's all included with your Star Plus subscription. It will carry not only the Ooh, ESPN love channels loved across I Latin America, but also a wide range of exclusive sometimes. live events, all organized. Does so anyone have quickly ESPN see what's on Plus? And find Is this exactly a type of thing available for. in ESPN? Helpful features like Live Now, I think my dad has Upcoming, it, I, I and Smart Content got, Filters got it make it easy to zero in on specific sports and leagues from ESPN. Our teams are still diligently working to create the best possible consumer experience. But I hope you enjoyed the sneak peek of Star Plus. We're confident Star Plus and Star will become household names for the best in streaming general entertainment content outside of the US. And now, bringing it back to our domestic general entertainment strategy, I'd yes, like to exactly. welcome Kelly in Campbell. Latin America, Hulu and ESPN Plus gets combined. Thanks, Gerald. Yeah, we got some Princess of the Frog the theme. There we go. And Hulu launched as a disruptor, an innovator, and as part of the movement that ushered in a new era of television. Fast forward to today, and Hulu has helped make streaming TV a centerpiece of entertainment for consumers and paved the way for ad-supported streaming. Today, Hulu is in its strongest position ever with a rare combination of continued rapid growth and a clear path toward profitability. In just three years, Hulu has more than doubled its number of paying subscribers and become the largest digital MVPD service in the US. We've achieved this remarkable growth by providing consumers with the best <laughs> of TV, film, news, and sports, live or on demand, all in one cohesive experience. It's that unprecedented level of choice and flexibility that differentiates Hulu. Oh, subscribers can choose. Okay, so the Hulu is a multi-channel video programming distributor. No ads, or Hulu That's where it's the TV. biggest of with the option Looked to up. add premium networks <laughs> to any of these plans. And we do this in a way that uniquely allows consumers to seamlessly move between products, depending on their changing habits. One key component of that consumer experience is Hulu plus live TV. It combines popular live channels across sports, news, and entertainment along with the full Hulu on-demand library expensive of more Hulu than is pretty much just a cable TV episodes and films. <laughs> so, Making Hulu the most complete solution yeah, for the new generation of streamers. 
get, at the gotten end that of the far fiscal year, the, Hulu the pay. Plus Live I just TV have the Spotify, four million Showtime, subscribers, and Hulu bundle right making now. it the number one digital MVPD service in the U.S. and the fifth largest U.S. pay TV provider overall. Our live wow. TV business offers an incredible value proposition for consumers, as well as positive economics for Hulu. In addition to our new $65 yeah. monthly subscriber fee, oh. Hulu Plus Live TV also now generates an average of about $10 per subscriber in ad revenue per month, and therefore <laughs> drives positive contribution margin. On the YesPod side, so Hulu pretty has much they make money from selling for people who TV, love TV, but then they also make money from the ads that are on the Hulu live TV. Series and films. <laughs> so they get With both. With next day episodes of today's biggest hits, popular feature films, and a massive library of fan favorite series, from Scrubs to Scandal and ER to Empire, Hulu has TV fans covered. So what does the future There's a lot of like? good stuff to watch on we Hulu. We see a tremendous opportunity if you're into to the more create adult even more innovative, shows differentiated and content experiences around the world-class episodic and feature-length programming being made by the Disney Studios and FX. You'll hear more from Dana Walden and John Landgraf later. But I want to take a moment to call out three content initiatives that exemplify what Hulu uniquely can bring to subscribers. Earlier this year, we launched FX on Hulu, which brings together more than 40 acclaimed and award-winning FX series, including exclusive originals. This delivers a new, younger audience to FX content and provides an exclusive, premium experience for our viewers. Since launching in March, the overall average reach of FX series has increased by nearly 50% on top of their linear audience. Mm. The comedy Dave, in particular, was a smash hit on Hulu, more than doubling the reach of the show's linear broadcast. We've also partnered with ABC News to bring important live news, including coverage of the recent election, to Hulu's millions of on-demand subscribers, something that no other SBOD service in the U.S. offers. During this election season, nearly 4 million of Hulu's SBOD subscribers engaged with election coverage through ABC News Live. And I'm happy to report that we plan to expand our partnership with ABC News to include new original content that will live exclusively mm. on Hulu. The third initiative I'd like to highlight on the content side I hope is that Hulu's means more documentaries. In the original film I really space. enjoy like We've political and historical documentaries. We've had great success this year with Hulu original films, including the Andy Samberg comedy Palm Springs, indie film hit Bad Hair, and our recent thriller, Run, starring Emmy winner Sarah Paulson. Going forward, Hulu will launch exclusive original films produced by 20th Century Studios and Searchlight. We'll have more news on this front in the coming months. Now, <laughs> I thought they were going to say later in the presentation. Side, They're I'm like, excited nah. <laughs> to announce that ESPN Plus and its incredible sports programming will become available for viewing directly within the Hulu interface early next year. Oh. This means that Hulu subscribers will be able to sign up for and access ESPN Plus content mm. right in their Hulu so experience. So one thing about Hulu having to leave is that Hulu you can no add on services like Stars or Showtime or HBO right onto it and access those shows. For so now years, ESPN is Hulu has acting driven like its the growth of advertising and, and streaming own TV premium channel. and is now, with the power of Disney ad sales behind us, the undisputed leader in ad-supported streaming TV. 
In fact, Hulu now has over 92 million ad-supported viewers, hmm. double where we were just two years ago. Hulu's increasing scale in ad-supported video is driven by a number of key advantages. That seems we like a lot of people until you realize like, that there's billions space. of people on YouTube. Our focus on automation <laughs> tools for advertisers, both big and So they and got a small, lot of room to grow. ...has resulted <laughs> in a rapidly growing programmatic channel that's setting daily records for new customers and for revenue. And with our new Hulu Ad Manager platform, Disney is the first to make premium streaming TV advertising inventory directly available to the more than 28 million small and medium-sized businesses in the U.S. Mm. All of this, our incredible content, seamless product experience, and viewer-first advertising. So obviously that part is not really for consumers. <laughs> that, is, that is straight up and for people worrying about the ads. Advertising, they're, the they're trying to shift towards having products, products that are more like what YouTube Even has, at the pairing ads right in front of people. Point, are generally on par of that with the no ads product. We're really proud of what we've built at Hulu and of where Hulu is today. And with an infusion of even more content from our creative partners at Disney Television Studios, FX, ABC News, 20th Century Studios, and Searchlight, we're incredibly optimistic about our future. Now, let's turn it over to Michael Paul, who will share an ESPN Plus business update. Thanks, Kelly. Hulu's future really looks exciting. ESPN Plus quickly became the number one sports direct-to-consumer service with its unique and differentiated set of live events, original programming, and editorial content. Our business strategy includes diversified revenue streams across subscription, advertising, and pay-per-view. We are really proud of the progress we've made to date. Our offering is clearly resonating with sports fans with subscribers nearly tripling in the past year, and we have already passed wow. the midpoint of the 2024 subscriber guidance that we gave at last year's Investor Day. Despite an unprecedented year of disruptions, ESPN Plus has delivered over 10,000 live sporting events, including all of our top 10 most viewed events ever, with nine of those coming since May. We remain the destination for UFC fans with millions yeah, of this is a big deal. I've heard about year, this. And reached as many as a million readers per month of ESPN Plus premium editorial content. And as Kelly mentioned, making ESPN Plus available Pairing for UFC viewing and purchase with directly within Hulu will only increase our ability to reach new fans and attract new ones. None of the success we've seen would be possible without the strength of the ESPN brand and our best-in-class sports content strategy. To dive a little deeper into those topics, I'll now hand it over to Jimmy Pitaro, Chairman, ESPN, and Sports Content. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> I appreciate the inserts the of Disney music and compelling transitioning. Live content available <laughs> and are only growing in their importance. In fact, last year, 92 of the top 100 most watched telecasts were sports. That's up from 56 in 2009. And at the Walt Disney Company, hmm. We offer an unparalleled array of live sports across our platforms. The ESPN, ABC, ESPN Digital, and ESPN Plus combination is a unique reach machine. A machine that allows us I wonder to bring what sports the most fans streamed event production overall is. <laughs> and storytelling wherever they are. 
Across our portfolio, ESPN reaches more than 200 million U.S. sports fans in a given month. That's on par with the total reach of both Google and Facebook. In 2019, and for the 10th consecutive year, our flagship linear network was the number one full-time cable network among the coveted adult 18 to 49 demographic. In digital, ESPN is the number one sports brand and by a wide margin in both reach and total time spent. Sports betting also continues to be an important area of growth for us. Our all-new ESPN studio in Las Vegas debuted in August, and in September, we announced market-leading partnerships with both Caesars and DraftKings. We'll continue to lean into sports betting as it represents a key opportunity to better serve our most passionate fans and appeal to a younger audience. Overall, our priority is to make content available across all platforms. I don't really gamble, and, and I don't really a bet on sports. On a direct but to consumer very future. cool. <laughs> our underlying goal is to acquire, create, and distribute the best sports content, and to do so in a way that serves fans, maximizes consumption, and best positions our business to continue to be the leader in an evolving sports media environment. We continue to expand our number one portfolio of marquee multi-platform rights. And I'm excited to announce today that we've reached an agreement with the Southeastern Conference to expand our partnership and add college football's most watched TV package beginning with the 2024 season. As a part of this deal, ABC will become the new home for the SEC's marquee Saturday afternoon football games beginning in 2024, as well as select Saturday primetime games and the annual SEC football championship game. In addition, select SEC football games will be made available on ESPN Plus beginning with next football season and extending throughout the term. That means that ESPN Plus will feature games from the conference that has won 10 of the last 14 national championships beginning in 2021. With this long-term agreement, ESPN, ABC, SEC Network, and ESPN Plus will all together be the exclusive home of the SEC across all sports. In terms of ESPN Plus, our content strategy mirrors the overall ESPN content strategy offer the best live rights, the best surround programming across studio, audio, and written editorial, and the best original sports content. Last year, our subscribers watched over 5 billion minutes of live sports content. Soccer, UFC, top-ranked boxing, and college sports are cornerstones of the product. Mm. However, ESPN Plus also offers a host of other marquee content, like MLB, NHL, MLS, and as you saw in November, the Masters. And this is just the beginning. Like the SEC, we've strategically and opportunistically pursued new multi-platform rights for ESPN Plus, with Bundesliga one of the latest on a long list. We're especially excited about our upcoming launch of the PGA Tour on ESPN Plus, where we've secured exclusive rights to PGA Tour Live and will offer four live feeds covering up to eight groups per tournament. ESPN Plus also offers Listen, some of the I'm biggest here with y'all personalities about, uh, and stories. Wait for Marvel and Star Wars. I'm not a Today, huge person I'm in sports. I'm excited to announce that so. we'll be launching a new daily morning <laughs> highlights program with exclusively on ESPN Plus, which will recap the previous night's action 
through the lens of opinion, debate, and social media. This new series will go deep on news, highlights, and trending topics each day with exclusive talent and insightful guests joining every show. Additionally, I'm thrilled to announce that early next year, we'll be launching a new studio show that will be exclusive to ESPN Plus, featuring Stephen A. Smith. We're excited to bring another personality of his caliber to the platform and look forward to further expanding his reach across our different consumer touch points. In terms of originals on ESPN Plus, we can't wait for the upcoming Man in the Arena, a nine-part series built around Tom Brady's never-before-seen first-hand account of the unique journey to each of his nine Super Bowls. And ESPN Plus will remain the exclusive home you of know, the critically acclaimed I don't know a lot of stats about football, but when NFL I hear nine Super Bowls, I know that's a head-turner. <laughs> and, of course, Peyton's Goodness. places. I'm very excited to let you know today that we're bringing back Peyton's Places for a third season and also expanding the Emmy-nominated series. But enough from me. Peyton, why don't you give them a little flavor of what's to come? Hey, folks, Peyton Manning here. We're smack in the middle of the second Peyton season Manning of Peyton's Places. And if I told you that I'm just tickled pink about how the show has expanded into colorful and compelling new horizons across the glorious football landscape, you'd say that someone in sales definitely wrote that for me. And you'd be right. But hey, it's the truth. I really do have the greatest job on the planet because in season two, I get to hang out with the likes of John Elway, Terrell Owens, Ronnie Lott, Marshawn Lynch, President Bill Clinton, and even my old pal, David Letterman. Anyway, the best is yet to come as some of the most engaging storytellers from other sports get their very own versions of Peyton's Places, including Abby Wambach, Ronda Rousey, and David Ortiz. Big Poppy's Places does have a nice ring to it. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough guy. to get you jacked up, <laughs> my little brother Eli will also be doing a college football show. So get yourself the whole Disney bundle and join me on ESPN+. Plus. It's on Jimmy. I don't know about that one, Peyton, but thank you very much. We're really looking forward to the expansion of this fantastic series. As you can tell, it's an exciting time to be working on sports at the Walt Disney Company. And as we move forward, We'll continue to build the platform flexibility we need in order to deliver against our mission to serve sports fans anytime, anywhere. We'll continue to listen and respond to our fans, and as they increasingly turn to direct-to-consumer platforms, we'll evolve the ESPN offering to meet their needs. Our unique ability to reach fans yeah, with Disney compelling owns sports ESPN programming across linear digital and direct they to consumer bought ABC and ABC will further augment our market ESPN. leadership in the sports space and we couldn't be more excited about our future Lowell back to you thanks Jimmy okay we will now take a 10-minute break to give you an opportunity to stretch your legs and grab a snack and when we resume we'll be joined grab by your Bob snacks Iger, everybody Disney's executive chairman and chairman we're moving on we got as executive we went through chairman, star we went Bob through directs Hulu, the company's we creative endeavors we're going and he next. will introduce the amazing content lineup we are developing for our direct yes. to consumer services so thanks and we'll see you all in 10 minutes all right all right the intermission is going um Okay, so, yeah, we can debrief, we can talk, we can chat. All right, so we went through, talked, uh, they talked about Star and how they're expanding internationally. 
then they went in to talk about Hulu because since Star is kind of an extension of Hulu for international markets. Um, and honestly, there wasn't anything really mind-blowing about any of that leading into ESPN plus their breakdown of that. Pretty much they were saying that everything's going well. So that's, you know, that's fine. That's good. I, I've got no issues with that. <laughs> um, but obviously there's a lot that we're excited for. Uh, I see people talking about the Kingdom Hearts show that's been rumored. I would love if we got an animated Kingdom Hearts show. Um, then, you know, there's there's some stuff like, hey, uh, what's what's coming up for uh, Star Wars uh, after The Mandalorian? Maybe some more animated shows. Uh, and then also, uh, I think we're all wondering, what's the next phase of Marvel look like? What's the release schedule? When is everything going? And what the heck is going on with Spider-Man 3? <laughs> Although we probably won't learn anything about that because of... Uh, the unfortunate reality uh, that that it's it's produced by another studio. So it, I don't know if it's necessarily their news to give. Um, and so yeah. And now now we're at the the turning point where we're talking about the core franchises, which is what we're here, which is what I think a lot of us are here for: Marvel, Star Wars, and Disney. So much good stuff. Yeah, we need a release schedule. Uh, in who are the founders of the Walt Disney Company? I think we should play the the game. It's does everyone know? I'm I've got my answer. Yep. See, Walt and Roy O. Disney. Roy had a son named Roy E. Disney, but they didn't even really put that up as an option. Um, <laughs> just a, just a side thing. Um, but I I'm very excited to see what's going to happen in my document that I have where I list all my videos of what upcoming videos I want to do. I also have above all of that, a schedule and man, did it just get thrown out this year? <laughs> like we just, there was just no expectation about anything, unfortunately, but that's just, that's just how it was. <laughs> um, I, let's see. I, but I've, I've been pleased with it so far. I'm really impressed with how high quality the presentation is. Okay. And what city was Walt Disney born? Uh, I think it's, yeah, that's what I thought. Chicago, Walt Disney was born in Chicago, but then he was raised in Marceline, Missouri. Like this is all from the Walt Disney biography book that I, I listened to on audible. Then he, he went to Kansas City to start his first business. Yeah. <laughs> Everything blends to blends together. And then he I think his brothers went to back to Chicago. But this obviously this isn't related to the event. This is just the fun <laughs> the Disney knowledge I hold in my head. Um this the the investor day stream is coming from their website. So if you if you want to watch it uh, independently, you can do that. If you want to stay and continue to discuss with us, then all the power to you. Walt Disney was born in what month? Oh, it it's December. It was recently his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> but, and again, this is all just because like every page that I follow on social media is pretty much connected to Disney. I try to tune out the other, the darkness of the world and just try to, 
not not ignore the bad you you have to take action to try to mitigate the bad in the world but you can't have it consume you completely otherwise you can't keep doing doing your life i i think we're going to find out more information about wandavision i think someone's going to talk about it we've all we've already been hinted at the fact that we're going to have um the chief creative officer of um Walt Disney uh studios come on Jennifer Lee so i've got a I've got a feeling the rest of the execs are going to be up on here, uh, up on the stage soon. D- Disney is everywhere. I mean, it's it's crazy how much they've um, pushed into the market. Uh, it's Elias. <laughs> By the way, his his middle name that was the the quiz question. <laughs> but how how are you guys doing? How have you been feeling? Are you ex- are you as excited about the next next half of this presentation as me? I'm I'm getting jazzed. <laughs> there that is a good question about X Men. I I actually was just watching X Two last night. I'm really hoping that uh, we'll eventually get to see the X Men as part of the MCU. But from what I've heard, Kevin Feige is like that's not happening anytime soon. Oh, uh, any thoughts on Disney's video game division? Unfortunately, it's non-existent, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, they had Disney Interactive Studios that make made games that I really enjoyed, like Disney Interactive, but they closed it down. What was Walt Disney's apartment located at Disneyland? Um, yep, above the firehouse. So if you if you haven't been to the Disney parks before, like Dis- in the original theme park that he made. As soon as you walk in, there's like a main street down to the castle and in the firehouse, there was an apartment for him and his family to stay in. I watched an interview once of his daughter talking about it, um, about how she would bring his grandchildren there and they would just run around and play on the weekend. It was so sweet. No Loki news. I'd be hyped for a Loki trailer. That would be crazy. Honest, like... I'm all for more animated shows. I just want them to be like treated in a grand way. I like, I just want them to be treated with respect and not be like reduced in any way. If, especially if it's connected to a bigger um, franchise. Walt's Disney's very first studio in Hollywood was located on what street? Kingswell Avenue, man, that was something I was not aware of. <laughs> um, Let's see. Hey, I love Disney and Marvel and Star Wars, and I love your channel just as much, if not even maybe a bit more. I hope your channel gets as much love and support as possible. Good luck in the future. Thank you, Lunario. Thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Let's see. And if I if I miss any of your super chats as we go through, um, I'm I apologize. Where there's there's a lot going on. There's there's so much to be excited about, but I appreciate it all all the support that you uh, give me. It's it's incredible. This is the largest stream I've ever had. <laughs> this is so cool. Um, Walt Disney assisted with the pageantry for which Disney Olympic Games? Man, they're getting more obscure. 1960. That lines up. He was he was getting much more into um, live productions at that point which is what was building up to uh, him wanting to create 
Epcot and do the Florida project. Uh, Queen versus the Beatles rip John Lennon. Let's see. I think I would probably go with uh, Queen ATM. Thank you so much for the super chat. I loved, I loved Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey was so good. Eternals. Oh man. The Eternals is one interesting property because I, it's similarly to guardians of the Gal galaxy that I know nothing about it. <laughs> um, I swear if the animation division brings back an iconic show, I'll absolutely freak out. I think they will. I think that Darkwing Duck is supposed to get a reboot at some point. Uh, what was the only feature film in which Walt Disney was given a story credit with his name spelled backwards? <laughs> that is goofy. Who knew? Walt Disney was awarded the U.S.'s Presidential Medal of Freedom. True. Dang. We're on the rapid-fire questions now. Holds the, does Walt Disney hold the record for most Academy Awards won by an individual? 32. Wow. That's wild. I guess when you pretty much found your own, um, your own style, like, he dominated feature animated films for decades. They haven't said anything about Black Widow yet. We haven't really gotten into the 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 studios yet which is what we're about to do now we're back in the countdown we're back into it oh man when i became ceo 15 years bob ago, Iger, I yeah. a world where distribution powered by transformative technology back would expand dramatically almost to the point of becoming a commodity if we could harness that technology and couple it with our extraordinary content, we would be well positioned to not only withstand disruption, but to thrive in a new, increasingly dynamic environment. That thinking led to the acquisitions of Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and 21st Century Fox, each bringing with them a breathtaking array of branded content and the ability to create even more of it. Fast forward, and in just a year, We've established ourselves as one of the true leaders in the direct-to-consumer space. And what you'll see today reflects an increased commitment. Uh, thank you, Dan Howler, for the super chat. And thank you for 4,000 viewers on the stream. On delivering an extraordinary so direct-to-consumer experience, unlike anything else that's in the market. You're about to hear from our amazing executives <laughs> and get a preview of what they've been hard at work creating for Hulu, Star, and Disney+. We love what we are seeing, and we're confident audiences around the world will too. When I stepped down as CEO nine months ago, my priority became the supervision of our content creation across all segments and territories, with a focus on leveraging our brands and expanding on what we've already achieved. The single most effective way to grow our subscriber base is with great content. And as we increase our output, the emphasis will always be on quality, not volume. Quality holds its value, and that has been our mantra for as long as we've been telling stories. In fact, one thing you'll notice immediately is the high quality of our storytelling, and it is evident across all of our distribution platforms. Production values and talent for our streaming content, both in front of and behind the camera, are on par with our theatrical releases. 
truly the only difference between these and our feature films is length. You'll also see that Good. we are redoubling our that. efforts to create rich, diverse content that best represents the world we live in and the consumers that we're making that content for. It's very important to us that when people watch our shows and movies, they see themselves and their experiences reflected in our stories. And by further expanding our storytelling to include a multitude of perspectives, we believe we will forge an even stronger connection with our consumers. We've got an incredible slate of new content to show you today. It's going to take Yo. us a while to get through all of it, but we <laughs> promise I'm you all, it will be worth sticking around for. <laughs> and since all of you are watching this from home, it's not like you have anywhere else to go. <laughs> Dana Walden Bob will Rosten. kick things off, but first, here's a great sizzle of what's in store for our general entertainment platforms. Here Enjoy. we go! <laughs> okay, so we're getting a, a pause. I think this has to do with um they they mentioned that there was going to be a limited ability to show some of the trailers and things because of licensing even though this is their own company. Um so now I'm going to go check if they if they have like an update or something like that. Um it kind of interesting that they're just like taking a a pause even though this is like part of their main presentation. But I think they're going to <laughs> even if they <laughs> even if they're not showing it like at least, you know, hopefully there's a there's an emphasis on um, like where we'll get to see this and hopefully they'll depict what we're going to get to see. Cause this is kind of goofy. If we can't like <laughs> see all of the, so see all of the trailers and things that they're actually showing us or that they're putting out into the world. Unless they're just transitioning it, but that seems unlikely because this seems pre-recorded. I think now I I wonder who they who they'll jump into first, which studio they'll get to. I've got a feeling it's gonna be Marvel first, because that was one of the first ones they teased at the very beginning. But it's difficult to know. Alright. We're hopping back into it. <laughs> Hello. What you just saw in that reel and all around me are some of the biggest hits in the TV industry. And here's what they have in common. They've all been developed and produced by content creators inside the Walt Disney Company. These are high-quality, award-winning, creatively adventurous shows. They've won audiences yeah. and acclaim at home and around the world. Our teams have produced the top-ranked show for every broadcast network and many cable channels. And now we're laser-focused on creating great content for Disney's streaming platforms. Our content strategy? Highly curated programming 
I'm We're making about hard genius. choices about which shows we produce, landing on content that feels special and is both highly entertaining and part of the cultural conversation, shows like Little Fires Everywhere. This was the addictive hit starring Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington. It was huge on Hulu, proving the value of juicy, can't-turn-it-off content. Next year, we have new series coming from many of our studio's longtime partners, including the creators of This Is Us, New Girl, and Empire. So how do we know these are the right creators? Because the shows I just mentioned have all been hits here and around the world. And this is what they have coming up. Only Murders in the Building reunites two comedy legends. They'll be joined by one of the most popular stars on the planet, someone who has over 370 million followers. Uh, eventually, they'll be talking about animation. I'm I'm kind of confused by like what, why they're just not showing the the whole the whole clips that they're mentioning. <laughs> Here, okay. We're getting those sizzle 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 reels. Selena Gomez is in only murders in the building. I don't think this is a cartoon, but I could be wrong. series are ripped from the headlines the type of stories our audience loves the dropout is the unbelievable story of elizabeth holmes she's the silicon valley con artist who captivated the world this show started with a gripping investigation and podcast produced by our very own abc news Yeah, I guess it's. I, I guess it's just possibly as just investors get to watch the trailers. Kind of, kind of an interesting approach. <laughs> I guess. Okay, so we're just we're just passerbys. We just have to take in the shows and uh, then decide if we're going to actually uh, see them in the future because we won't actually um, see see anything about them. I know I'm kind of confused too. Like this seems kind of a like an underwhelming way to present new content if you're not going to actually show anything about it. It's a deeply emotional drama series. It's about heroes who are battling the worst drug crisis in history. It's an important story, and we've assembled an all-star team to tell it. Okay, well, 
All right, so I like Michael Keaton. <laughs> so uh, I would be interested in this show. Yeah, that's a good question. If this is just for investors, then why is this all of this other information being available to everyone? It kind of seems goofy. Like, <laughs> like it seems like all this stuff about the streaming services um, analytics would be something that the public doesn't even really need to know. Uh, so it seems kind of goofy that that would be the part they would share and then not about the content. Like, uh, are they going to like post the, the trailers afterward? <laughs> I mean, hopefully, hopefully there's, they give us something like once we get to like the Marvel stuff, like, can we at least see some images? Like, do you have to show clips like this? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of curious. Three distinctive series from three great creators, all featuring major stars and all available on Hulu and Star. And in addition to shows we own, Hulu will also continue to pick series from outside studios, especially shows from exceptional creators like David E. Kelly. He's one of my favorite writers, and I'm proud to have worked with him for the past 28 years. From Ally McBeal to Big Little Lies, his shows are huge everywhere. And the next one is for Hulu. Nine Perfect Strangers is a thriller that attracted two of the biggest stars working today. Like, I kind of agree that this kind of feels like goofy. <laughs> uh, like, but I've... I'm hoping that we'll still see, like, I I'm holding out hope. <laughs> I don't, like, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with it and keep going and watching this because I, I definitely want there to be more. <laughs> like, there's, it seems like there's got to be. Um, like, it, it can't be over, can it? <laughs> Like this, I don't know this. Yeah, well, we're we're just gonna have to wait and see. Like, because this is the stuff that they would want to breeze through. Like, this is the, this is the stuff that people aren't already connected with. So it makes sense that there would be short things. Um, I'm really hoping that there's something more substantial for the rest of the studios outside of, um. Hulu like but I don't know I I suppose if if there's you know if there's nothing then we'll just we'll just have to be disappointed <laughs> but I'm we can't be disappointed until the very end <laughs> we we gotta hold out hope that there's gonna be at least um something like on new photos. series Hulu also has returning hits like Golden Globe winner Rami Emmy nominated the, the great, great the and hilarious. Emmy Golden Globe and Peabody Award winner The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale is a cultural phenomenon. It's a juggernaut. There are many critically acclaimed shows out there, but none have pierced the culture like this one. Here we go. Wake up, America. We're just getting started. She is out there planning who knows what kind of atrocities to visit upon our righteous nation. 
Ooh, exciting. What happens in the next few I've only seen the first season. Determine the future of this country. Change never comes easy. This war isn't going to win itself. Blessed be the squad. It's not safe where we're going. I know. Footage! Hooray! <laughs> we made it! We made it to the show. You can't save her. Some women don't want to be saved. We can't rest. We're the ones we've been waiting for. Awesome. Handmaids is the biggest hit in the history of Hulu, and we are committed to its future. As a matter of fact, I'm happy wow, to announce today hit. that we're ordering season five. Now I want to talk about adult animation for just a moment. Look at the shows <laughs> we've produced over the past three decades. We have the largest library anywhere, and we're making more than 1,500 episodes available for Hulu and Star. And finally, I want to talk about reality shows because the Hulu audience loves them. But remember our strategy for originals. It's not about volume. It's about picking the right ideas mm. and the perfect partners. Now, Noisy, what reality shows did you create choose? Conversation. Well, no one does it better than this group. <laughs> Disney has secured the Kardashians. We got them. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, I know. We didn't get anything for adult animation. And then... And then we got this teaser of the Kardashians on a, on a, I think that's a BMW. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Do you guys watch reality TV a lot? I don't, I think the only thing I've watched recently is the, the bachelorette, but that's just because, uh, my girlfriend really likes the bachelorette. Otherwise that's typically not something I would turn on myself. <laughs> If I'm gonna watch stuff, if I'm gonna watch stuff about real life, I go to YouTube and I watch like tech videos and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm glad that I'm being quoted now in the. We're the thrilled to bring these global stars to a global audience. What I've shared today is just some they of what's juggernauts. in store. Our biggest hit makers are creating great shows that we will make available to Hulu and Star. They'll join an incredible lineup from our vast library. It's truly game-changing. And speaking of game-changers, I'm happy to introduce the longtime leader of the most <laughs> prestigious brand in our industry. Here's my great colleague, John Landgraf, to talk about FX. Thanks very much, Dana. I have been honored to be your colleague over these many years, and I'm so happy we get to continue our wonderful partnership at our new home. 25 years ago, FX began as a location rather than a mark of any particular distinction or quality. Specifically, FX was just the name of a linear channel in a cable program guide. Still, one thing we all know from the great legacy of Disney is that if you work hard enough, you can sometimes take a once ordinary location, just a vacant plot of land, and invest enough passion and creativity in it to make it an extraordinary destination and brand. Over the past 20 years, by working with great creative talent to bring exceptionally compelling original stories and characters to our audience, FX has made the name of our little channel, one of the more than 500 just like it, into something truly special. So, how did we get here? 
We focused relentlessly on giving our audience some of the very best television anywhere, and they responded by turning FX into more than just the name of a cable channel. FX became a real brand, a mark of quality, wherever it might be located, by earning love show after show and year after year from the fans of our distinct and reliably excellent original programming. This is because FX shows consistently score incredibly high marks with audiences. For the past 18 years, since the launch of our first premium original series, the award-winning and history-making drama, The Shield, the FX batting average in user ratings at the Internet Movie Database on a scale of 1 to 10 is among the best in U.S. television at every elite level. 7 out of 10 stars and above, 7.5 and, and above, 8 and above, and 8.5 and, and above. These are batting average for quality for impressive. our scripted television programs premiering in the U.S. for almost two decades. For example, a remarkable 78% of all FX shows are rated 7.5 out of 10 or above by IMDb users. And we fare even better on Rotten Tomatoes. There, 74% of our shows post an audience score of 80% or better. In fact, for every original FX series ever made, the overall average score with Rotten Tomatoes audiences stands at an incredible 86%. Mm. However, despite FX's two decades of creating excellent shows, much of that success achieved side by side with my longtime creative colleague and partner, Dana Walden, Linear channels are just not the optimal location for a couple of thousand great episodes of television. And that fact caused many FX original series to be licensed and scattered across numerous other platforms, sometimes resulting in confusion as to which brand was actually responsible for fostering these beloved shows. But That's along came Disney, point. which acquired both FX <laughs> and a majority stake in Hulu, and then enhanced the growth of FX as a brand by creating an FX-branded presence on Hulu which has now become the singular U.S. streaming location at which the past, present, and future of FX's great shows could be gathered. On Hulu, FX has been able to reclaim 18 years of great work and to finally distill our brand's entire legacy in a permanent streaming home as the foundation of quality that it is. This alone has been thrilling, but it has also allowed us to do now, so much more. This is kind of cool. Since March, we have made all of our great FX linear originals available to Hulu subscribers the day after they premiere on our channels. To put the extraordinary impact of this opportunity in perspective, the average audience of FX scripted series launched on Hulu has increased 120% over their audience on our channels and VOD sites alone. 120%. And with the expansion of distribution that Hulu provides, every single one of FX's returning series has posted year-over-year -year viewership increases. Wow. So the addition of the FX brand has significantly expanded the audience reach for FX and added to the outstanding results Hulu has already been achieving with their own excellent original programming. But the best is still to come. Because of production delays due to COVID-19, the full benefit of FX's hit current programming has yet to be realized. However, most of our shows are back up and running and we expect to begin rolling out shows again early next year. New seasons of FX Linear series coming soon to Hulu subscribers include Atlanta, American Horror Story, Dave, What We Do in the Shadows, Mayans, Better Things, Snowfall, and Archer. And I'm delighted to announce today four more seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which will take four Sunny to more? season 18, four seasons longer <laughs> than the prior record holder for longest running live action sitcom in television history, Ozzie and Harriet. 
that makes me want to watch that show now. FX brand I is now started expanding it. its offering it's of funny. original programs by making exclusive branded FX original series for Hulu. We will also make those shows available globally to star. FX had outstanding success last year with our first three FX exclusives on Hulu, Mrs. America, Devs, and A Teacher. And even with COVID-19 slowing us down, our FX on Hulu exclusive slate expands next year to include The Old Man starring Jeff Bridges, American Horror Stories, a new anthology series by Ryan Murphy, spun off from our biggest, longest running FX original drama hit, Platform, an innovative scripted anthology about the craziest aspects of pop culture from B.J. Novak, an actor and award-winning writer of The Office. Eh, Preservation I'm Dogs, in that. a new half-hour series co-created by Academy Award winner Taika Waititi and Sterling Harjo, a Native American who also directed the pilot Taika episode. Taika Waititi, And Why the Last Man, a new drama series based on the acclaimed and beloved graphic novels starring Diane Lane. You can see how well Disney's strategy to brand hey, FX content is already here. working and how bright the future is for both the FX brand and for the contributions it will make to both Hulu in the US and Star internationally. The FX brand will quickly be able to double our output, making and marketing about 30 wow. original programs each year. While I know that doesn't sound like a huge number in the era of peak TV, I assure you that these 30 shows will punch vastly above their numerical weight just as FX originals always have, because we will strive as always to ensure that every single one of them will be excellent. A truly great aspect of the streaming era as Disney quickly and overwhelmingly demonstrated with Disney Plus, and as FX has now been able to replicate with the success of FX originals streamed on Hulu, is that today's new programming is tomorrow's perpetual library. Because of yes. this, FX and all of Disney's many Such brands can create point. incredible long-term value for fans and shareholders because we know that streaming subscribers will now be able to easily and conveniently find, treasure, and share their favorite series and characters. Disney has always understood that quality is the surest path to value, which is why for almost a century, it has devoted itself more than any other entertainment company to consistently creating truly great and memorable stories. FX belongs at Disney because we fervently share this belief and the marrow of our brand is built on it. Finally, I'll conclude today's presentation with a few examples of some new and unique branded FX original series that are currently in the pipeline. We are moving quickly to bring audiences the first television series based on one of the greatest science fiction horror classics ever Alien? made. Alien. Oh! FX's Alien cool. will be helmed by Fargo and Legion's Noah Hawley, stepping into the creator, executive producer chair, Ooh. working alongside Sir Ridley Scott. Yeah, I love the Alien future, saga. It's the first Alien story set on Earth. And by blending both the timeless horror of the first <laughs> Alien film with the nonstop action of the second, it's going to be a scary thrill ride that will blow people back in their seats. I am for sure watching this. This is, a, this is the first thing tonight. I'm for sure watching that. Like, I'm, I'm glad that um, he brought up a lot of good points that, like, it's, it's such a shame when great content goes to die because it's not supported. And I think that's a good point is that you, I think it would be terribly tragic for studios to have, like, a 20-year history and then all of it just gets lost. Um, and so I'm... I think that's what resonated with me about that talk. And Alien, what a great intro. Like, 
I'm totally watching Alien. And finally, we'll be embarking on one of the most sweeping, sophisticated, and adult series FX has ever created. The a Matrix? of James Clavell's beloved epic saga, Shogun. Nope. Set within the right. riveting and real Game of Thrones <laughs> that was feudal Japan, it is adapted by Justin Marks and Rachel Kondo. Tim Van Patten, the highly decorated, award-winning producer of The Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire, and the director of the pilot and early episodes of Game of Sopranos? Thrones, has signed on to bring this giant and visceral canvas to life. Yes. So those are just some of the many. The Sopranos is one of my favorite shows, so I'm so excited about that too. Early I will that we watch will that. Be announcing in the coming months. All of us at FX are truly honored to be a part of the Walt Disney Company, where we will continue our mission to deliver outstanding adult programs that engender passion from our viewers and to grow the FX brand's value as a beacon of quality within TV streaming future. That's it for me today. Thanks for your time. And now back to Rebecca Campbell. Thank you, John. We believe that Hulu, Star, Star Plus, and Disney Plus Hotstar are perfectly suited to host the general entertainment content we create yes, I was from our world-class production Shogun's much better than that. Our Hulu <laughs> joint venture will continue to license all original scripted streaming content and most off-network content created by Disney Television Studios and FX. Star, Star Plus, and Disney Plus Hotstar will be the exclusive home of our original content and much of the off-network content outside of the United States. Also, each of these services will be enhanced by the addition of local programming. So looking ahead, our plan is to grow with premium content for everyone, engaging our existing subscribers and helping us to attract new ones. And now, we're going to switch gears it's time to hear from our brilliant content creators for Disney Plus. Yeah! Starting with Lucasfilm. It's Film. beginning! Please Lucasfilm! We're at 5,000 viewers. Hello, welcome. Thank you all for being here. This is incredible. We're Thank back you, to Rebecca. Star Wars. Here we go. It's remarkable to be back <laughs> here with you again for another Investor Day and reflect on all that's happened since we last gathered in April of 2019. Our world and our entire industry has been thrown numerous challenges that none of us could have foreseen. As we grapple with one of the most difficult periods in modern history, it's clear that we need great storytelling and the joy of entertainment more than ever before. Last year, we were the launch of Disney Plus with our very first live action series, The Mandalorian. Star Wars was moving into new territory in the streaming space on a brand new platform creating an original series through groundbreaking technology and an entirely new approach to production and filmmaking. It was a big bet and a leap of faith. The Mandalorian debuted on Disney Plus in November of 2019. I don't love Kathleen Kennedy, but I do love the Mando. <laughs> we could not be more humbled by the reception to the show, the honor of seven Emmy Awards and the enormous support our fans have shown us. With The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, we have ushered in an entirely new era for Star Wars, and there's more to come. We premiered season two on October 30th, and John Favreau and Dave Filoni continue yeah. the journey of the Mandalorian. Favreau and Filoni are the bomb. Around the world have They're the heart of Star Wars. 
traveling to new planets. Star Wars creators action, right now, they're amazing. Life creatures delivering a complete cinematic <laughs> experience. Let's take a look at season two. You're very special, kid. I agreed to take you back to your own kind, so that's what I need to do. And they're going to take real good care of you. <laughs> Have you all been watching The Mandalorian? I've been quested with returning this child to the Jedi. What do you know of the Jedi? Nothing. I can lead you to one of their kind. But first, we need your help on our mission. Mission? my credit around here and you come here little have you been taking good care of him has mando been taking good care of you huh yeah yeah he said what is that thing i keep <laughs> it around for luck you're gonna need it where you're headed Such a charming little creature. He needs your help. The Jedi Order fell a long time ago. So did the Empire, yet it still hunts him. Long live the Empire. Long live the Empire. The season has felt a little repetitive, but overall, it's a great first live-action Star Wars show. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it before. Yeah, the finale is tomorrow. Tracking you, Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm here for the armor. If you want my armor, you'll have to peel it off my dead body. I don't want your armor. I want my armor. Yeah, maybe there's two more episodes. Oh, that's good stuff. Today I'm excited to share with you that John and Dave are concurrently developing two new spin-off series exclusively two? for Disney Plus. Oh yeah. One, The Rangers of the New Republic, and the other featuring fan favorite Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, Ahsoka's got a show of The Mandalorian. These interconnected yeah. shows along with the future stories will excite new audiences, embrace our most passionate fans, and will culminate in a climactic story event. 
the next chapter a, a climactic event Christmas of it is the baloney verse I'm fortunate <laughs> to be surrounded by incredible talent both in front of and behind the camera with a yes. company full of people who care passionately about high quality storytelling a few times in my career I've had a chance to be part of game-changing technology Where moments they going when a this? new way of filmmaking changed the way stories could be told forever Working with John Favreau to create the world of the Mandalorian Chills. with their own stagecraft technology has been one of those moments. Stagecraft is a this new thing is virtual insane. production tool that utilizes the latest innovations in real-time graphics and massive LED screens that allows us to bring entire locations into a soundstage and photograph them live. Like this, Telling stories this in ways we could only technology. dream of a few years ago. This new collaboration process brings the artists and the crews into a creative partnership with efficiencies that now marry pre-production, production, and post, all in sync to preserve the cinematic oh, culture oh. around a singular artistic vision. By eliminating unnecessary travel, a more controlled environment, and efficiencies with set design and special effects that allow for an in-camera visual experience actors this is incredible in to see behind the scenes like rather this. than having to imagine what they're seeing or reacting to and ironically the efficiency of stagecraft has allowed us to continue to work during this pandemic on the mandalorian season two we expanded stagecraft's capabilities further and built an even larger volume additionally we are building three more volumes right now in Los Angeles, London, and Australia. Good. Advancing the Disney-owned technology and building the studio of the future. We have oh, a vast chills. and expansive That's timeline awesome. in the Star Wars mythology, spanning over 25,000 years of history in the galaxy, with each era being a rich resource for storytelling. Now with Disney Plus, we can explore limitless story possibilities That's like never before and fulfill the promise that there is mm -hmm. truly a Star mm -hmm. Wars story for everyone. One of the most exciting and ambitious new series we have coming to Disney Plus in 2022 is Andor, a tense, nail-biting spy thriller in the Star mm -hmm. Wars universe created by Tony Gilroy. Tony's incredible success with the Born Identity films distinguishes him as one of today's best creators of the modern spy genre. We couldn't be more thrilled to have him at the helm of this new series for Star Wars. That's epic. Diego Luna will be back in the role of rebel spy Cassian Andor I'm, I'm into Rogue it. One, and he will be joined by a fantastic new cast that includes Stellan Skarsgård, Adria Arjona, Fiona Shaw, Denise Goff, Kyle Soller, and Genevieve O'Reilly, as Mon Mothma. We just Ooh. began production in London two weeks ago. Here's a special look at Andor. Shoot, we're getting the trailer! We actually gonna see it! Yes! Everything I did, I did for the rebellion. Rogue One, in many ways, it's a film that connected new audiences with the, the oldest fans. Oh, chills. It was a bittersweet feeling, you know, in the premiere. 
knowing that it was just one film. But then magic happens, right? As you can see, we're getting ready. We're building stages, we're rehearsing, we're training, we're trying costumes, we're doing everything to make sure we do the best show. I'm really excited having the chance to explore Cassian. It's really fun to go on a set that is emulating something you like so much. The enormity of this is like doing a big feature film. It's very cinematic. For me, that's where the excitement is. 12 episodes, 12 wow. scripts, over 200 named cast members, over 6,000 crowd people, a lot of creatures are coming from the creature department. We treat this exactly like we would have would a film. There is no difference in our approach. Every creature and droid that we've been building has the same care, level of attention to detail. It's the previous films. It's huge, it's thrilling, but also it's wonderfully challenging. There's tons of possibilities to explore. It is the building of a revolution. Listen, I wasn't the like a massive fan of Cassian Andor or anything, but I'm all for a Star Wars spy thriller Last within August, the at the D23 Expo in Anaheim. We announced Kenobi. the return of Ewan McGregor in the iconic role of Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi for a special event series on Disney Plus. Also, Obi thank you for 6,000 people watching. 10 years after the dramatic events of Revenge of the Sith, where he faced his greatest defeat the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker turned evil Sith Lord, Darth Vader. Our fans will be thrilled that Hayden Christensen will be returning in the role of Darth Vader. Yeah! This will be yeah! the end of the century. Yeah, Hayden's back too! The directed by Deborah Chow, coming off the great work she did with us as a director on season one of The Mandalorian. Production will begin in March of next year. Here's an early look at Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, no, we don't get it, no. Oh, uh, this is great. I'm so happy that Hayden Christensen is back. Oh, that is epic. Oh my goodness. Darth Vader of the prequels is returning. Hayden Christensen and Kenobi. Man, I hope there's flashbacks. I saw someone ask that about the Ahsoka show. Yeah, I'm hoping there's flashbacks. I would be all for that. That is so cool. Oh, man. I'm, I'm glad we get more Kenobi. I'm glad we get to know more about that. I'm curious if there's going to be anything else about, like, an animated show or anything like that we don't really know there's been rumors about that but so far i've been very pleased man dave filoni gets two more shows in live action that is good <laughs> i'm i'm all for this like i'm happy that people that are passionate star wars fans are leading the charge in creating star wars series and it sounds like we're getting a lot of them. <laughs> and all of them are connected to the Mandalorian so far. It's it's either... Well, except for the, the Andor series. 
Uh, but but it's it's I'm glad that they're bringing in outside people when it makes sense that they're an expertise in a specific genre, and then uh, we, we keep the people at the core that already understand Star Wars for um, a lot of the crazy stuff. And man, again to reemphasize, the Filoni series with Favreau are all going to culminate in some event. <laughs> That's insane. If I had to put money on it. I would say right now it's going to be Thrawn, but that's just me. And back to the During show. During our first year on Disney+, Plus, our animated, animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars saw tremendous success with its epic seventh and final season. Building on the legacy of The Clone Wars, oh, the Bad our Batch. new animated series The Bad Batch follows the specialist commandos of Clone Force 99 as they embark on new missions in a rapidly changing galaxy. This is the Bad Batch. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we get to see this they call now. themselves the Bad Batch. Whoa. The animation looks beautiful. Wow, the show looks incredible. Will be reorganized into the first galactic empire. Quite an impressive display. Mark Tarkin. Yeah! I'm all for that. Explore it between three and four. I'm all for it. Yeah! Star Wars Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best anime creators. This anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios, offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective Very to cool. Star Wars. Lando Calrissian is the galaxy's smoothest, most notorious Lando. scoundrel, and he'll return in a brand new event series for Disney+. Justin Simeon, creator of the critically acclaimed and hugely popular Dear White People, is developing the story with us now. A massive Star Wars fan himself. Cool. Justin has put together a reel to give you a sense of the style, tone, and irresistible swagger of our upcoming series, Lando. Take a look. All right, so how do you guys feel about a Lando show? I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, honest, like pretty much I'll watch anything that's Star Wars, pretty much anything that comes out that Star Wars or connected to the MCU, I'll pretty much watch. Um, only, only minor things, small things here and there might slip through the cracks, but mainly the core stuff I'll watch. Lando, I'm super excited for that. The anime series, that also looks very cool. I appreciated that they were playing prequel era music during it. Um... 
So I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm I'm also wondering is Donald Glover coming back for it? I'm very I want him to come back for it. Like it it would be kind of wild to have someone else do it. Um but man, there's a lot of good stuff coming out in Star Wars. Like the fact that we're going to get to see Darth Vader again in live action. We're getting to see the clones explored right after episode three. Epic stuff. Anime series exploring small stories. I'm I'm all for this. I wonder how much more they Ashley have. Ashley Hedlund, Emmy-nominated creator of the mind-bending series Russian Doll, is a boldly innovative filmmaker bringing her new Star Wars series to Disney+. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take us into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers yeah. in the final days of the High Republic era. High Republic show. As we continue to develop new stories, the intersection of animation okay, that and must visual be later effects down the line. offers new opportunities for us to explore. Lucasfilm Animation will be teaming up with our unparalleled visual effects team, ILM, to develop a special Star Wars adventure for Disney Plus, a droid story. This epic journey will introduce us to a new hero guided by our most iconic duo, R2-D2 and C-3PO, on a special mission known only to them. What could possibly go wrong? Outside okay. of the Star Wars galaxy, we're expanding Lucasfilm's presence on Disney Plus with another beloved mythological world created by George Lucas, Willow. This series will be set decades after Ron Howard's 1988 movie, continuing the spirit of adventure, heroics, and humor of the original film. I haven't seen We're this film, but now I want Warwick to. We're delighted that Warwick Davis will be returning in the role of the great sorcerer, Willow Ufgood. We have a wonderful creative team at the helm. John Chu, director of the groundbreaking film Crazy Rich Asians, will be directing the pilot. Like we'll begin Asians. shooting next March in Wales and will debut on Disney Plus in 2022. Here's the team to share more. I hope that Willow will um, be on Disney Plus. Like, I don't know if it is or not. I haven't seen it at all. So, but but either way, I, I hope that something that we will get the chance to watch uh, and so I can get ca caught up with it. Like, I'm... I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'm willing to dive into some more uh, George Lucas worlds. <laughs> um, the the droid show, like, uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be. It's it seems like it's more for a, a younger crowd, so that doesn't necessarily um, get me the most hyped out of everything that we've seen thus far. I think currently the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is Kenobi and um, the Bad Batch, for sure. Uh, those those are hyping me up, but I'm, I'm honestly impressed by how much Star Wars stuff we're learning about. There's some crazy stuff that's coming. Like, are we getting... Like, my question is, is that, like... They must be done with the Star Wars stuff now. So I think Lucasfilm is going to be wrapping up soon. And we must be moving on. But the question is, 
Who will be next? Okay, good. Willow is on Disney+. Plus. That's going to have to be on my list of things to watch when I feel inspired. Here we go. Back into it. We also have some news to share on our theatrical slate. We're in pre-production on the next and final installment of Indiana Jones. At the helm, we have James Mangold, director of the Academy Award-winning film Ford vs. Ferrari. And of course, Indy himself, Harrison Ford, will be back to conclude this iconic character's journey. Indy will begin shooting late spring of 2021 and will be released in July of 2022. Our slate is expanding further with a I'm story all, that I'm will introduce a new hero and I'll explore an original world that feels perfectly paired with Lucasfilm storytelling. We're mm -hmm. proud to bring to the screen author Tomi Adeyemi's New York Times best-selling novel, Children of Blood and Bone. This story will center around a young African girl's heart-racing quest to restore magic to her forsaken people, the Magi. Tomi was recently included in the Time 100's list of most influential people of 2020. We're proud to be partnering with the 20th Century Studios on this coming-of-age adventure. Our Star Wars theatrical slate is pushing I'm forward for into a new I'm future curious. era. As we announced recently, we're currently developing a brand new Star Wars feature with acclaimed filmmaker Academy Award winner Taika Waititi. Okay. Taika's approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique. His <laughs> enormous talent and sense of humor will ensure that audiences are in for an unforgettable ride. He's currently hard at work writing this next adventure. And to close today, interesting. I couldn't be more excited that our next Star Wars feature film will be directed by Patty Jenkins. Patty, director of the Wonder Woman franchise, will bring her inspired vision to Rogue Squadron. This story will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing high-speed thrill ride. The legend of Rogue Squadron has been long beloved by Star Wars fans and will move us into a future era of the galaxy. Rogue Squadron will be released in theaters Christmas of 2023. As you can see, this is a new era wow. for Star Wars and Lucasfilm, with expanded opportunities for continued innovation, high-quality storytelling, and cinematic experiences. So they're really focusing like on the before. series in the short term. And now I'm pleased to introduce Courtney Monroe, president of I National like Geographic that. Content. Thank you, Kathy. National Geographic has been entertaining global audiences with groundbreaking, visually spectacular storytelling for over 130 years. And now, more than 1,500 hours of National Geographic content is available on Disney+, including award-winning documentaries, landmark wildlife and natural history, and premium fact-based scripted drama. Today, I'm thrilled to announce an ambitious new slate of original shows exclusively for Disney Plus subscribers. Inspiring stories that celebrate real world heroes and icons and that ignite curiosity, awe and wonder. I can't think of a better example of those values than our award winning National Geographic documentary films, including Free Solo 
and Jane. I've watched both, both of, of these. I really enjoy both Plus. of these. And I'm delighted to I'm introduce all for more educational you to one of our content. upcoming National Geographic documentary films, profiling an extraordinary icon, Cousteau, a new documentary from Oscar-nominated and Emmy-winning director Liz Garbus. Mention Jacques Cousteau to someone my age, and their eyes light up, recalling vivid memories of his thrilling underwater adventures. This film will not only delight those fans, but it will also introduce him to a whole new generation of aspiring explorers. I'll watch this. Featuring never-before-seen archival footage, Cousteau will provide a deep dive into the fascinating life of the man who first showed us the beauty and wonder under the sea. While most National Geographic content is nonfiction, we have also developed Emmy-winning dramas about real-world heroes and icons. Icons like those profiled in our scripted anthology series, Genius, which beginning with the fourth season will be available exclusively to Disney Plus subscribers. From executive producers Ron Howard and Brian Grazer, Genius tells the fascinating and I'm dramatic stories these. of the world's most brilliant innovators, now I want to look these their up. extraordinary achievements and often complicated lives. In the next season of Genius, we will profile the remarkable life of Nobel Peace Prize winner and civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr., dramatizing his journey to becoming one of the most influential and inspirational leaders in history. National Geographic's iconic yellow border is synonymous with exploration. From planting our flag on Everest to trekking the forests of Tanzania with Jane Goodall, National Geographic has long inspired people to care about the planet. Continuing that legacy, we are announcing several new blue chip National Geographic science and natural history series exclusively for Disney Plus. First up, from National Geographic Explorer Large and award-winning filmmaker James Cameron and National Geographic Explorer and photographer Brian Scarry comes the stunning Secrets of the Whales, narrated by Sigourney Weaver. Ooh, that's a great combo. before captured behavior, Secrets of the Whales showcases five different whale species in all their visual splendor, revealing the extraordinary culture of the world's most intelligent giants. Have a look. Okay, I kind of love whales, so <laughs> I'm all for this. <laughs> like mammals in the ocean is one of the most wild things. I, I think they're incredible. One of my one of my dreams is to go swim with dolphins even. Okay, that's added to my list of things that I will for sure watch. Their beauty absolutely takes my breath away. Moving on, who knew that beneath our feet exists a tiny magical world bursting with action, adventure, and even love? 
Using the very latest miniaturized camera technology, our new series, A Real Bug's Life, will transport viewers into this mesmerizing place where microscopic creatures play out the drama. I of love life. the name of it. From the a real bug's of life. Africa to the urban underworld of New but York City. Before we'll we get any animated shows or anything, we got the reference to a bug's life. <laughs> then, America the Beautiful, the ultimate portrait of America's wildlife and wild places from sea to shining sea. This ambitious new series will celebrate America's most iconic landscapes from the frozen north to the wild west to the deep south and apply the most technologically ambitious Hollywood filmmaking to the world of natural history. For example, we recently obtained an exclusive first ever film permit for a fighter jet equipped with a gyro stabilized <laughs> camera That's to fly epic. close to the speed of sound across seven U.S. national parks that were closed to the public due to the pandemic. As you can see, the footage is incredible. That is sick. And the opportunity to capture it in this way may never happen again. Oh, chills. That's awesome. If you're a fan of like Epcot and Next, uh, I'm those different aspects of Disney, the documentary, documentary style, series I love it. From Oscar nominated and visionary filmmaker Darren Aronofsky, that feature two of the biggest movie stars on the planet. First, Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. New scientific research is shattering conventional wisdom about the human body, revealing how we can all unlock our own body superpowers to fight illness, perform better, and actually reverse the aging process. Count me in. In this series, the science is put to the test by Chris, who despite being in peak superhero condition, is on a personal mission to learn how to stay young, healthy, strong, and resilient. Limitless with Chris Hemsworth is one part science, one part action adventure. This is Limitless. What do you it's feel kind about of interesting. Being, not being mobile, not being active. My kids, it scares the hell out of me. The show is all about pushing my body to the absolute extreme to live a longer, healthier, happier life. Do you think I'm going to be able to hold them together? No. <laughs> we come out here just to see how battle ready your body is to combat aging. I'm equally excited as I am intimidated. <laughs> I, as a 36 year old healthy guy, even think. Also, want to say I shout out to Star Wars this Theory. Is exactly the time to think about it. This is not hard. Very hyped for the so more Star Wars content to come from you and from Lucasfilm. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? What am I doing this? This is all about longevity. Let's go, big man! So challenging physically and emotionally. Four days, no food. I'm not even remotely tempted by this delicious, crispy bacon and eggs. 30 more seconds. Finish this! I want to continue to push myself in ways that I never thought were possible. Let's get on with it, shall we? Never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a charming show. Finally, our epic new series, Welcome to Earth, featuring Will Smith 
as he guides viewers on an extraordinary journey around the globe. Welcome to Earth follows Will and his insatiable curiosity to some of the most extreme and exciting places on the planet. We're standing next to him as he drops inside the lip of an active volcano, dives 3,000 feet below the surface of the ocean, Ooh. and repels deep into an Icelandic glacier. In each location, revealing the hidden forces that shape our planet. With breathtaking cinematography from Darren Aronofsky, Welcome to Earth explores the mind-blowing ways that our planet works. Here is Welcome to Earth. Once you explore something, you see everything differently. I'm curious about this. That's spectacular. Ooh. I'm throwing myself into the unknown. Well, ready? Yes, sir. This is the coolest thing ever. I'm loving seeing the, the Will Smith memes in the chat. <laughs> three, oh, that's three, hot. <laughs> Lights off. Let's see what's out there. Crazy. I think we might be doing too much. Oh my god. I mean, that's big. Yeah, we need to get the hell out of here. Wow, look at that. Yeah, I remember this from Jaws. Will Smith is an incredible person. He just keeps doing crazy stuff all the time. We are without question <laughs> living in an extraordinary time. And yet, National Geographic reminds us that the world is still an amazing and miraculous place filled with spectacular beauty and wonder, which we are thrilled to share with the Disney Plus audience. And with that, it is my pleasure to welcome back my colleague, Dana Walden. <laughs> well hello again i'm so happy to be back talking about disney plus <laughs> all of us have loved developing for it but only one of us has actually been living on it so i've traveled all the way to springfield still don't know what state i'm in to talk to a member of our studio family for 30 years mr wow. homer simpson beautiful synergy so homer, here what have you learned about <laughs> disney plus this year oh wait i didn't know there'd be a test <clears throat> well, I've learned how to find plus on my keyboard, and I've learned that armed bounty hunters make excellent nannies. And if you don't <laughs> mind some creative criticism, live-action Aladdin is a total rip-off of this cartoon I saw called Disney's Aladdin. Frozen <laughs> is not about my credit cards. I would kill for Fat Thor's body. Snow White <laughs> finally exposes the dangers of eating apples, and in conclusion, Pixar is run by a jumping lamp. Now I'm going to throw it back to Dana, who's going to tell you about all the great new projects yeah. that are going to be developed by the powerful television oh. studios for Disney+. Plus. Allow me one personal note. I was promised beer, and if I don't get it soon, I'm taking this guy with me. <laughs> yeah! I want to thank Homer and his family for beautiful. helping to make Disney+, Plus such a success. The Simpsons is one of the top titles on the platform in every country where it's launched so far. 
Now here's our development of Disney Plus Originals. We yes. have an expansive slate of family entertainment, from comedies to epic dramas. Shows that speak to a global audience executed by great creators, people who know how to produce big hits. You'll see that a number are based on iconic IP from the Disney library. These are titles that are beloved. They're trusted by families, passed down through generations. It's a creator's dream to have oh, access to them. I'm getting hyped. It gives us a real competitive edge. And I'll start with this one. The Mighty Ducks is the iconic movie that led to sequels, an animated series, and a Stanley Cup winning hockey team. The next installment, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. We'll pick the story back up with a familiar cool. face, lots of heart and humor, and kids who can really skate. Not all of them. I saw duck tip, the mighty ducks when we drove to Disney World when I was in elementary school. We're gonna make a lot of people really happy. The ducks are a powerhouse organization. The record 10 state championships. A little different than the ducks of the 90s. Sunscreen, sunscreen. You know we play indoors, right? I hope they do this no, kind of like uh, the Karate Kid. I gotta cut you. If you can't be great at hockey, or it's like no bother. Co Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid. To play sports for fun. Stephanie, you brought two private trainers to your kids' hockey practice. I'm a pediatric sports psychologist. <sighs> okay. Let's start our own team. I want you to think about all the other kids who've been told that they're too small or too slow. We need a any good. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a <laughs> podcast body. I have 24 hours to find a coach. You lost? <laughs> you be looking at red skates, that's up front. A podcast body. I don't care for any good or not. I don't think the other kids care either. Yeah, you know who else doesn't care? This guy. Wait, which guy? This guy? You gotta be more specific. How are, how are you not getting this? You gotta make this happen for yourself. Let's do this. Ah. Why do you care so much? Because you care. It's not over yet. Turner and Hooch is a charming buddy comedy. It stars Josh Peck in the role made famous by Tom Hanks. <laughs> you may not know Josh, but I bet your kids do. His partner here Peck. is a sweet but slobbery mastiff. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, do, do you have much experience with the Mighty Ducks? Does that resonate with you at all? Um, this, this show doesn't super interest me but i'm glad josh peck uh, got another role <laughs> josh peck you know he's he's not just in the vlog squad he's now has his own disney plus show he's doing it canine crunchies oh that's from 101 dalmatians that's a good i like that um trivia <laughs> trivia question man we've been going for a long time but there's almost 7,000 of us well there is 7,000 of us across twitch youtube and facebook this is incredible thank you all for being here see i've never seen the mighty ducks to like 
the rest of the movies. I've only seen the original and I've never seen the animated show. I tweeted recently um, that I was always confused as a kid between like what was the Mighty Ducks show versus like DuckTales and Quack Pack. It was all confusing to me. Everyone was ducks. <laughs> Big Shot is an original concept from David E. Kelly. It's a celebration of girl power set in the world of high school basketball. No one creates authentic relationships quite like David and few TV stars are as recognizable as this one. I found something. It's not college. You need a second chance. This is the only one I could get. It's high school. Sam, I can't coach a bunch of rich private school boys in California. Girls. It's a girls' school. Coach Marvin Korn is going from the NCAA to some fancy girls' high school? Personally, I think it's all a big mistake, but I'm prepared to make the best of it. Do not screw this up. Holly Barrett, assistant coach. Marvin Korn, any advice? Some of them can be a bit much. I'm sorry, are you chewing gum? This is Westbrook. We won't respond to my way or the highway. I'm gonna teach you my system of basketball from the ground up. Smaller steps and faster. I figured it'd be rough, but this is next level. If we all just quit, they fire him. I think he wants to be a good person. When they said you were coming, that meant something. I was excited. All I care about is basketball. It's about making my father proud. After watching you play, I truly believe that we could do something special. We're just getting started. I want to be a coach, girl. You're connecting with these girls. No, stop it. I, I just wanted to say thank you for caring. We do this not because it is easy, but because it is hard. If you try your very best, then you have the potential to be great. Let's go win a basketball game. That looks like a good show. Big, fun, character-based series like these are one segment of our content strategy. The other, dramas that are ambitious in scale that will be brought to life by A-list talent. I'll start with three projects in development. Beauty and the Beast expands the universe of the blockbuster film, more the than a billion dollars series. in worldwide box office. LeFou and Gaston return, played by their original stars, Luke Evans and Josh Gath, with all new music what? composed by Oscar, Grammy, Emmy, and Tony winner, Alan Menken. Okay, Alan Menken is back. Uh, it's a live action remake prequel series. The Mouthful. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's not something. Okay. This was something I wanted to talk about, but they, you know, Bob Iger was on the stage, but he was talking about how quality comes before everything. Is. The live-action remakes are not a good example of Disney quality. I I don't think they universally can be claimed as such. And I don't think they're going to be fondly remembered for their high quality long into the future. But I think they resonate with current audiences. And at the same time, I know I'll also watch them and talk about them. So, I don't know. I begrudgingly say, okay. <laughs> We've got... We're getting that. It'll be interesting. I do love Beauty and the Beast. It's one of my favorite princess films. Swiss so. family Robinson reimagines the classic story. 
This is a collaboration between Ron Moore, the creator of Global Smash's hey, Battlestar Galactica there are tree and in Disney World. <laughs> and John Chu, the director of Crazy Rich Asians. As you just heard, he's also directing Willow. Percy Jackson and the Olympians is one there of the most is. popular books in the world. It sold more than 70 million copies in 35 countries. I know this News is going to hype some people up. At Disney Plus was the number one trending conversation in the world. It drove more than a million tweets in the first 24 hours. And the final project I want to share is based on the international best-selling book series, The Mysterious Benedict Society. Time Magazine mm. called it one of the best young adult books of all time. I think I've read that book. There is a place where truth matters, even if most people don't pay attention to it. Our organization is always searching for those who appreciate the truth. If any child is caught cheating, they will be executed. <gasps> excused. Will be excused. <laughs> and our criteria for approval may be considered mysterious. Mr. Benedict, we have our team. Hello? I'm the aforementioned Mr. Benedict. You all possess a quality that is lacking in our society. Reigning your intuitive understanding of human nature. Sticking your reservoir of knowledge. Constance. Your defiance of conventional thought patterns. Hey, your uncanny feel for how things go together. What is it that you all have in common? I see fear and bad fashion. You're very unpleasant. Okay. <laughs> You're the only ones capable of seeing the truth, and together you are immensely powerful. We're asking you to go on a mission that can only be accomplished by children. There is a sinister force brainwashing us. And yes, he is my twin brother. <laughs> so, you need a bunch of smart orphans to do a deadly mission. I get it. Ideally not deadly. I think that looks like a pretty good series. That has a lot of potential. Just the beginning. We have a deep bench of talent and the opportunity to access the incredible Disney library. We're looking forward to creating many more Disney Plus originals in the years ahead. And now it's my pleasure to introduce Sean Bailey, president of Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures Production. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful stuff from Dana and her team. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, there are so many incredible dimensions to this company. Also, thank you for 8,000 viewers. Of getting to focus this is on a awesome. treasure trove of iconic characters and stories Disney. that spring from the Disney imagination. As we continue to build on Disney's singular legacy of creating magic for audiences worldwide. We have a lot of fun diving into our expansive library spanning nearly 100 years to bring beloved tales to life in new ways for today's viewers. The addition since last year of great franchise IP created out of 20th Century Studios means an even bigger sandbox to play in. One of the truly exciting things about Disney Plus is the opportunity it has given us to greatly expand our storytelling across a variety of genres to bring compelling original films from all around the world to the screen in a way that only Disney can. We have a ton of projects in the works, and I have the pleasure of taking you on a tour through the magical and memorable stories we're producing. Disney Plus is already home to a massive collection of unforgettable movies from across the decades. The kind of movies you want to watch again and again with your family and friends. 
Oh, I see right Saving Mr. Banks on there. Season, and I'm sure, like me, you and your families have your favorite must-watch movies for every season. On Disney Plus, we're continuing to create new holiday memories for fans and families around the world with such films as The oh. Delightful Noel and the brand new Godmother. Of course, one of the most popular holidays is Halloween. And one of the most popular Halloween movies is the cult classic, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> and I'm happy to confirm, we are working on a treat for Disney Plus audiences with a spooky sequel. Oh, this is gonna be fun. In addition to Disney and 20th Century, I believe the all three witches are coming back. Touchstone days that fit right in the Disney Plus wheelhouse. One such project we're excited about is a modern take on the hilarious 80s comedy, Three Men and a Baby. We are deep in development, aiming for a 2022 release, and we could not be more thrilled to have Disney all-star Zac Efron attached to star. Now, <laughs> Zac Efron and a baby. real-life stories of heroes from around the world. Distinctly human stories that draw on emotion, inspiration, and aspiration, like Togo, which we premiered last year. Safety is inspired by the empowering story of Clemson University football player, Ray McElrathby, who found himself raising his 11-year-old brother while still in college. This uplifting drama from Marshall director Reggie Hudlin debuts on Disney Plus tomorrow. Oh. We are also working I read this on is going to be good. I've been seeing a lot of stuff of about Lowe, this. Seen a lot of buzz. A high school coach who averted tragedy through compassion with a man of many talents, Dwayne Johnson, on board as a producer. Meanwhile, heading into production next year, Greek Freak is the remarkable story of NBA star Giannis Antetokounmpo and his family as they lifted themselves out of poverty as undocumented immigrants living Epic. in Greece. I love sports documentaries. Ultimately finding himself on the world stage. Awesome. And I can confirm I'll watch that. We are developing a biographical film for Disney Plus with another NBA superstar, Chris Paul, whose past includes a deeply moving story of family, legacy, and destiny that helped make him who he is today. As you can tell, I do watch a fair amount of ESPN myself. <laughs> Moving to another of our favorite genres, children's and young adult books certainly aren't just for kids. They speak to the kid in all of us, and they have the power to shape our understanding of the world. Flora and Ulysses is based on a Newbery Medal winning book about the misadventures of cynical young comic book fan, Flora, and her super-powered squirrel sidekick, <laughs> Ulysses. Flora and Ulysses will debut on Disney Plus this coming February. Well, that looks charming. A little further ahead on the slate, for 2022, we are reimagining the hit comedy Cheaper by the Dozen with blackish producer Kenya Barris. It's centered around a multiracial <laughs> blended family of 12, navigating a hectic home life while managing their Ooh. family business. I'm thrilled to share that Gabrielle Union is set to star in this reboot. And we're revisiting the beloved Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. Oh. Which a successful live action film franchise from the books. The series remains as popular as ever. In fact, the latest Wimpy Kid book released in October was an instant New York Times bestseller. In our new film, our intrepid Whoa, hero, animated. Fred Hathley, gets an all new look. And he's, well, a little animated about it. <laughs> in expanding our That's exciting. On content I'm glad that they're going in a new direction with it. We think it. there are some great worlds and stories. 
separate from the amazing original work coming out of our animation studios that we can tap into in a new way, particularly from the world of 20th Century Studios. The Ice Age series has so far seen five feature films to the tune of over $3.2 billion at the global box office. <laughs> we are now in production on a spin-off film exclusively for Disney Plus called The Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. It centers on three series favorites, the prankster Possum Brothers, Crash and Eddie, and the swashbuckling weasel of the title, Buck. I'm pleased to announce that the wonderful Simon Pegg will be returning in the role of Buck. Moving to another popular film series that has earned Ice a combined $1.3 billion at the global box office across three films, we are ready to spend another night at the museum. In a Very fun cool. twist, it is animated this time around, which gives us even more leeway to stretch the imagination with this fantastical premise. We are thrilled to have Sean Levy, who has helped shape this blockbuster franchise as director of the previous films, on board as a producer. Now, I'm excited to shift gears into some of the event titles we have in the works. These are films born out of some of the most iconic and enduring stories and characters in the Disney canon. As with Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Maleficent, Mulan, and Lady and the Tramp, these are worlds and characters we love, reimagined and brought to life by visionary filmmakers and top talent. And we create these stories at a size, scale, and quality that is second to none, regardless of the size of the screen. We have an extraordinary slate of upcoming tentpole films, and I will give you a quick glimpse today of just a few. In July 2021, we invite audiences to embark on oh. Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. With an adventure of mythic proportions in the grand tradition this movie of Pirates looks of the Caribbean. Like a good time. It stars two of today's biggest movie stars, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, and it strikes the perfect balance of high stakes, gigantic action, and plenty of comedy. The the Jungle now, Cruise ride in Disney World and Disneyland all, is is a drama, ball. Comedy, action, emotion music for audiences worldwide there is perhaps nothing like the lion king following the 1.6 billion dollar success of our 2019 reimagining we are in development on an inspired prequel of sorts that prequel. revisits these iconic characters hmm. and i am beyond thrilled that we have barry jenkins of the oscar-winning moonlight in the director's chair so it's for sure an a couple entire years prequel. ago Mary Poppins Returns had audiences tapping their, what do you call them? Oh, feet. And director Rob Marshall is back in the Disney uh, fold to Little bring Mermaid his melts my heart. to a live action take on The Little Mermaid. In the title <sighs> role, we have multi-talented singer and actor Halle Bailey, alongside a phenomenal cast that includes Aquafina, David Diggs, Jacob Tremblay, Melissa McCarthy, yeah! and Javier Bardem. And we will have not only the beloved Mencken Ashman songs from the animated original, mm. but some all new music from Alan Mencken and Lynn Manuel Miranda. Alan and Lynn? Oh. For Disney Plus, we're currently all right, in I'm excited on for a that. hybrid live action I animated do like feature their music. with two perennial favorites in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah. Top stars Akiva Schaefer directs, and the hilarious John Mullaney and Andy Samberg are set to star in the title roles. 
Seth Rogen will cameo, and you'll be sure to recognize his voice <laughs> in this early animation test we are sharing with you today. In our film, cartoons are living among us in all their animated forms. And let's just say, Ooh. Dale Who may have gone Roger a little to keep up with the current popularity of CGI. Oh, okay, that looks like a fun, a fun premise. Um, I think it sounds, in a similar way to how DuckTales, I felt like the 2017 version worked super well because of so many goofy presences and comedians. I'm glad that a similar idea is getting brought to Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Also, thank you for, I believe, yeah, like... 9,000 people are here just around that across Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. This is incredible. I hope you all are enjoying the presentation. Um, man, the Lion King prequel though, a prequel nonetheless, like it's interesting that they don't want to continue the story forward, but they want to go back more. Um, that should be very interesting. Yeah. Moving forward. I think, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that they haven't talked about Enchanted at all. Uh, there was rumors that there was supposed to be a, in, an Enchanted 2 called Disenchanted. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of interesting that there's not, um, that they haven't talked about it. Although it, it's been years since they, uh, initially brought up the idea of making a sequel. So I think, I think at this section, we're talking about live action Walt Disney Studios and but eventually we're going to dive into Walt Disney Animation and Pixar Studios which I've got a feeling will probably be coming up soon and I mean I understand that um Marvel is is a big Rescue Rangers is slated for spring. A big big thing, but Disney Disney is it near is and no dear to my heart. To say this next tale is one of the all-time classics. Pinocchio brought us not only the plucky puppet and his cautious Ooh. cricket, but also some of the most iconic Disney music of all time. From I've Got No Strings to the quintessential When You Wish Upon a Star. And now, especially for Disney Plus, we are working with the famed director Robert Zemeckis, who is pulling the strings Ooh. on a compelling new live-action retelling with the one and only Tom Hanks set to star. Ooh. We will be leveraging state-of-the-art CGI to bring Pinocchio to life. Robert Zemeckis like uh, directed Back to the Future the and, Peter Pan um, in Neverland has who framed Roger Rabbit. Had a special appeal to audiences. Oh yeah, Peter Pan. I'm David not surprised. Lally, <laughs> who did such a spectacular job on Pete's Dragon is exploring a new angle in Peter Pan and Wendy just for Disney Plus. Hmm. And we are putting together an amazing cast, including Yara Shahidi in the role of Tinkerbell and Jude Law as Captain Hook. And finally, cool. an update on a project that's been eagerly awaited for some time. We have been working on a sequel to the hit film Enchanted, which starred Amy Adams They're doing Giselle, it! who finds her life flipped They're upside down when she falls out of her animated fantasy world and finds herself stuck in real-life Manhattan. We could not be any more thrilled to share that Amy will be back as Giselle in this sequel, oh, yeah. Disenchanted. Yeah, Disenchanted! Exclusively 
on Disney Plus. Oh, wonderful! One more exciting tidbit of news. Oh, great! We are in development on a third film in the beloved Sister Act series, with none other than Whoopi Goldberg herself on board to star and produce. Tyler Perry is also signed on as a producer on the project, and we will have more details on these titles in the coming months. As you can see, I'm so pleased we have a huge range of exciting projects sequel. in the works I can't across live it. action and animation and somewhere in between. Now, I haven't shown a lot of footage today because many of these projects are still in development or pre-production. So I want to close out with something really special for you from a film that's a little further along and that we could not be more excited about. Cruella dives Ooh, into the yeah. rebellious early days of one of the most notorious and notoriously fashionable villains, the legendary <laughs> Cruella DeVille. Oscar winner Emma Stone stars as Estella, AKA Cruella, opposite Oscar winner Emma Thompson as the Baroness, the head of a prestigious fashion house who plucks Estella from obscurity as a burgeoning designer. It's set against the backdrop of 1970s punk rock London, and our director Craig Gillespie delivers a truly unique take on this one-of-a-kind villain. Today, I have a never-before-seen sizzle that will give you a real flavor of this fantastic film. Please enjoy. I think, I think the Cruella film has a lot of potential to it. Um, the idea of going into more backstory in a similar way to um, kind of what they did with Maleficent, although Maleficent, it kind of felt like they changed the entirety of the character to tell a unique story i think it's um it was good that with with cruella i hope that it's still like getting to the heart of this notorious villain um and just kind of letting emma stone be an amazing actress that's that's what i'm hoping um that it, it'll become um i think cruella has a lot of potential the definitely I'm looking forward to Disenchanted, The Little Mermaid, and Cruella the most out of this lineup. Although, Jungle Cruise is up there too. Emma Stone is a, is a gem. If you haven't seen her in um, La La Land, I think that does an amazing job of, like, how much emotion and, like, uh, character she can really pour into a, a given role. We can't wait to share more from all of these projects soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, it's Lowell. Let me offer a big thanks to Sean. And we're now going to give you another chance to stretch your legs. Since Hanukkah <laughs> starts tonight, we wish those who are celebrating a happy Hanukkah. And if you're interested, hey, during Hanukkah. this break, feel free to enjoy this great new Disney Channel Hanukkah video with music from David Diggs with William Hudson and Jonathan Snipes. We'll resume in about five minutes with presentations yeah. of Disney Animation, the big Pixar, stuff, and the big Marvel. kahunas. And you won't want to miss any of those. Oh, man. The flagships are on their way. Good stuff. Um, man, I, uh, I, I'm very excited. We're, we're approaching the big, the big, <laughs> the big stuff and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm curious if that's going to be the order that they present them in Disney animation, Pixar, and then Marvel. I've got this, 
I've got this feeling that Marvel is going to be the last one. <laughs> I've just got this little feeling that it's is they're gonna they're gonna wait for the Marvel stuff. Um, I think there's gonna be a big discussion. It, my guess is Phase Four and Phase Five um, discussions of what's going to come with that. Um, but man, I. I'm curious what what are you looking forward to? I've I've been fairly pleased with everything that we've learned thus far. Um the the lineup for Lucasfilm is is pretty pretty amazing. I'm glad that Star Wars is expanding but not in in ways of just continuing to make new Skywalker trilogies um where it seems like they're willing to expand into different like into more of a different universe. Um, like, or into the, the nitty gritty of the different poles of the universe. Um, and then, and then Disney, Disney live action, Disney studios. Uh, I think they've got some good things lined up. Um, as for why, so currently what's going on is the, the Hanukkah music video. The main thing is I'm, I just want to make sure that like I have as little of the, um, that I, I don't I don't want to like just rip all the the music that's being played. Um, I figured it would be more beneficial to take the break to be able to touch base and talk. Um, I can tell that there's a lot of excitement for Spider-Man because there's been a ton of buzz around Spider-Man. And let me tell you, as someone who has uh been a been a big fan of Spider-Man since the Sam Raimi trilogy. I I'm definitely excited as well. The idea of having like Spider-Man be paired with some of the actors who had previously created the villains and be together with the other live action Spider-Man and be paired with Daredevil is all very exciting. As for what that's going to look like in the future, it's, you know, it's yet to be seen how big of a role all of these people will play. The one big concern that I've seen brought up that I think is pretty legitimate is that the last time trilogies ended or a Spider-Man series ended, it always concludes by something that's being overwhelmed by too much things, too many things going on. And that's the only concern I have um, with the third Spider-Man film that's connected to the MCU is that Spider-Man 3... Um, with Tobey Maguire has a lot of criticism because of too many villains and everything like that. And the same type of thing was, was kind of claimed with, um, with the amazing Spider-Man two is trying to make a sinister six series and start this whole Spider-Man universe. And that's my only concern is that it's like, is this going to be too much in one film? I mean, that wasn't my initial reaction. This was just like thinking about it, uh, a little bit more. Ooh, um, man, there's still so much to come. Oh, Monsters at Work. Uh, yeah, Monsters at Work. I am so hyped for. It's probably one of the things I'm looking forward to the most. Um, just in general. Um, so a little context around that before they talk about it because I've got a feeling they're going to talk about it. It's the first Pixar, uh, like series ever created, and it's going to be fully CGI. It's going to look like monsters university 
Um, but it's got a lot of great people attached to it. And I don't know if they're going to talk about that. So I think it's, I, I want to mention it that, um, it's one of the lead directors is the director of meet the Robinson, Steven Anderson. And then another one of the like co-directors, um, is Caitlin Ritter. And she was a storyboard artist on tangled the series. So literally there's this, there's a bunch of people that are involved that have already been involved with other great Disney projects. So I'm super, I'm super excited for that. I've got total faith in the team because from everything I've heard from them in when I've gotten to interview, uh, Steve and, uh, Caitlin, they're very excited for that show. And I, I think a lot of the, some of the greatest stories can be told in series because we just get so much more time with the characters. And I like that there's so much more of an emphasis um, on, on expanding these properties through shows. Uh, that's why I'm really a fan of what Lucasfilm is doing and what it seems Marvel studios is doing is just continue continuously expanding into the series. And I hope that's what we're going to learn about from Walt Disney studios and Pixar studios today the chief creative officer of animation studios oh ryan last dragon i would assume (laughs) oh yeah it is (laughs) welcome to the kingdom of kumandra the setting of our next feature film, Raya and the Last Dragon. Taking inspiration from the incredible cultures and lands of Southeast Asia, the team at Walt Disney Animation Studios has created a fantasy world like no other. Raya is a film about a lone warrior who brings together an unlikely gang of sworn enemies on a mission to unite the kingdom. (laughs) There's Raya, a warrior whose wit is as sharp as her blade, the street-savvy entrepreneur named Boone. Ooh, new characters. The giant Tong. And a little thieving toddler, Noi, with her band of Ongis. <laughs> oh, Their only hope is a magical, mythical, <laughs> self-deprecating dragon named Sisu. With time running out, can they rebuild their shattered world? Led by the indomitable Kelly Marie Tran as Raya and the one and only Aquafina as a dragon like you've never seen before. Raya and the Last Dragon is a beautiful, bold, and hilarious film. And while it is our 59th animated feature, it is our very first to be produced at home. Over 400 different homes at that. And from our homes to yours. As Kareem mentioned earlier, Raya and the Last Dragon will be released both in theaters throughout the US and around the world, as well as on Disney Plus with premiere access. This simultaneous release on Disney Plus and in theaters March 5th gives audiences every possible opportunity to see the film. In Disney Plus, we have a home for our legacy of films, upcoming films like uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, and we see boundless creative opportunities to continue stories with our favorite uh, characters as well as create original stories set in all new worlds, working with talent not just in our studio, but around the world. Today, we're happy to announce several new projects in development and production. Yeah! This is where nostalgia meets the future. We begin yes! with Disney Animation's first ever animated series. 
It takes place in one of our favorite fantastical cities and stars one of our most beloved characters. To tell you more is the Oscar-winning director of Big Hero 6 and creator of Baymax the series, Don Hall. Hey everybody, I'm Don Hall, director of Big Hero 6. I am so excited to talk to you about Baymax the series for Disney+. Plus. The series is a continuation of the movie. We actually get to explore more of the city of San Francisco. This huge, wonderful, rich canvas. The series really focuses on Baymax's original protocol, which is to be a nurse robot. Each episode, we meet a new character, a patient that Baymax is gonna help. I would like to be more like Baymax. His kindness, his compassion. This his is interesting. Interesting since they already have Big Hero the Six the series kind of on Disney Channel. And lastly, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but Baymax will have a new feature that will allow him to quickly travel around the streets of San Francisco looking for patients. Thank you, everybody. We're very excited to show you more. Baymax will be on Disney Plus in early 2022. Cool. Also in production. Welcome I'm back not surprised. to the Mammal Metropolis of Oh Zootopia, yeah. Where directors Trent Corey and Josie Trinidad are creating a short form series called Zootopia Plus. Zootopia Plus mm. takes a hilarious look at some of the animals we only briefly met in the Oscar winning film, including <laughs> Fru Fru, Gazelle's Tiger Dancers, and our favorite sloth. Flash. Flash, Flash, 100 yard dash. The lens of Zootopia's <laughs> hottest shows like The Real Mousewives of Little Rodentia, So You Think You Can Prance, and a show that follows the fast lane of life at sloth speed. Zootopia Plus is set for Disney Plus in spring 2022. Hmm. I kind of wish that it was Cinderella, its own series. Ariel, Cinderella, Elsa, Jasmine, Rapunzel. Disney animation has brought some of the greatest heroines to the screen. Characters that people connect with and who stand the test of time. And with Disney Plus, we're creating new stories for these characters, starting with a favorite from New Orleans, Princess Tiana. Yeah! We are bringing Tiana and her friends back for yeah! new stories in a long form musical comedy series. Yeah! Yeah! With Tiana stepping into a role as a princess of a land we have yet to visit, and with so yes! much more of New Orleans yet to see. Tiana comes to Tiana Disney gets Plus her own show! Yeah! There is another series we are excited to announce. One that no focuses way. on a heroine who asks herself how far she'll go. Yes, we are developing a long form musical comedy series. Yes! New this is great! There is such uh, a deep love for this character in this uh, film. And that I love, love has Moana. Only grown in the years since the film's initial release. In the series, Moana's boundless sense of adventure and skills at Wayfinding take her far beyond the reef. Since oh, there can be so much good lore with this. Film, we continue to now be that she's chief, she can go wherever she wants. Of the Pacific Islands. And to help tell the stories for this new series, we are connecting with talent from the region. Moana the series will be on Disney Plus in 2023. Okay, there is one it's more pretty far away, but still. <laughs> An all-new, all-original series created in a whole new way for our studio. Back in the beginning of 2019, I saw a news piece about a group of storytellers and artists from Nigeria and Uganda. The title of this video was Pan-African Comic Book Hopes to Kick Disney's You-Know-What. I was <laughs> Here were three talented comic book artists. Tolu Olofoyeku, 
Ziki Nelson and Hamid Ibrahim founded an entertainment company called Hugali. Their dream was to bring African stories created by African artists to the world through comics and animation, highlighting the diversity of cultures, history, and voices across the continent. Their talents as storytellers blew us away. I'm proud to announce a first-of-its-kind collaboration as Kugali and Disney Animation team up to bring their original long-form series to Disney+. The series is called Iwaju, which in the Yoruba language roughly Epic. translates to the future. Set in Lagos, Nigeria and steeped in science fiction, Iwaju explores deep themes of class, innocence, and challenging the status quo. Iwaju will debut on Disney Plus in 2022. I've been saying for As years you can see, that there should we're be like embracing the opportunities Disney Plus a, a true African princess. I think it'd be so in incredible. But Looks today, like I want to leave forward. you with a very special project. Our animated feature film set to release fall of 2021. We've not officially announced this movie until today. For our 60th feature, Magical Realism sets the stage. And yes, it is a musical stage. Yeah, the musical! Columbia, where a magical family, the Madrigals, live in an equally magical home. Our film is called Encanto. Why? Because an Encanto is a charmed place, born of its unique wonders, where life itself is wondrous. Directors Byron Howard and Jared Bush, the filmmaking team that brought you the Academy Award-winning Zootopia, are joined by co-director and co-writer Sharice Castro-Smith, and bringing his talents as both songwriter and story collaborator is the incomparable Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. It's hard to believe it's been four years since we first heard his incredible music in Moana. And we are so excited to re-team with him for Encanto. Amazing. Oh. Whoo! Oh, that... If you couldn't tell by my reaction, that was probably the... That, that could possibly be the biggest reaction I'd give. But... That's... Uh, a Tiana series, a Moana series, just, just amazing. That is, I am, I'm so, so pleased that we get that. I'm, I'm so excited for that. Especially since they said that it's long form and musical based. We're going to get original songs, hopefully from, um, uh, some amazing creators. I mean, maybe Alan Menken, maybe Lin-Manuel Miranda, who knows? They didn't really say anything, so I would assume that it's possible that they wouldn't be the ones involved. But that just, it just warms me, my heart to hear that Tiana is getting her own series. Honestly, that resonated with me the most. I think, I think Moana is going to be amazing as well, but like, ah. Uh, I'm so excited to go back to the bayou. With the with the Splash Mountain re-theme, there's just, like, going to Princess and the Frog. Oh, God, I'm just so, I'm just so happy. I love New Orleans and the Disney parks. I love Princess that's and the Frog. Encanto, I'm so happy. A musical happy. comedy with songs in Spanish and English that's not afraid to dig deep into the dangerously wonderful chaos I'm very excited for this family. movie, too. Especially since it's going from to be coming Kumandra out so soon. From Kumandra to Colombia, San Francisco to Zootopia, from New Orleans to the Pacific Islands, to a sci-fi world in Africa, 
the storied possibilities for the near century old Disney animation are more limitless than ever. This is wonderful. Great step forward. It is forward. now my pleasure to introduce my esteemed colleague at our fellow animation studio, a person both tall in stature and in talent, from Pixar Animation Studios, Chief Creative Officer Pete Doctor. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm Pete Doctor. Uh, Pixar started in 1986 with the dream to take the wonderful tradition of animation and transform it using state-of-the-art computer technology. Tradition and innovation, two opposing concepts, have been at the heart of Pixar since the very beginning. Pixar since is then, wonderful. We've gone on to make 23 feature films and many, many shorts. And as a director of several of these films, it makes me so happy to hear that folks who grew up on these films as kids are now passing them along to kids of their own. <laughs> it's hard to believe Pixar has been around 34 years. But you know what? 34. Truth is, we're just getting started. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to a bunch of fresh new filmmakers. Getting their voices on the screen is our key focus right now, while at the same time allowing our veteran filmmakers to continue to mature and do their great work. And I think that's really what we do best at Pixar. We honor tradition while at the same time innovating for the future. Here's something that sure took a lot of innovation. It's our 23rd feature film called Soul. And it's one of the most challenging and rewarding projects I've ever directed, that's for sure. Soul is set in two distinct places, one that's familiar and one you've never seen before. The film looks into what makes us who we are and what we do with our limited time here on Earth. I'm so excited for Christmas. Appreciating the simple joys of life, be being finding able to the see spark that makes you, you. The themes of Soul feel so timely to us right now that we're happy that this movie will be shared this year with audiences around the world. We're excited to bring a little joy to everybody this holiday season. So let's take a look at what you'll see this Christmas on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One, two, three, I see you, Caleb. Cut it, go for it. Hang on, hang on. What are y'all laughing at? So Connie got a little lost in it. That's a good thing. Look, I remember one time my dad took me to this jazz club, and that's the last place I wanted to be. But then I see this guy, and he's playing his chords with force on it. And then with a minor, I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Then he has the inner voices, and it's like he's, it's like he's singing. And I swear the next thing I know, it, it, it's like he, Floats off the stage. That guy was lost in the music. He was in it. And he took the rest of us with him. I'm so excited That's for when I knew I was born to play. Oh, dude. Look I'm around. so excited for this. Life has so much to offer. A short time on this planet. 
miss out on the joys of life. They're exploring big themes with this one. Every minute of it. <gasps> Joey, what has gotten into you, Let boy? You Cougar. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of Disney Plus, so, we have a bunch of new projects we are making exclusively so for the streaming service. Now, hopefully you've been able to check out some of our Spark Shorts. These are a collection of shorts made by a diverse group of new storytellers at Pixar. They've really struck a chord with many around the world. Our next Spark Short, Burrow, follows a young rabbit as she tries to build the home of her dreams. It's by first-time director Maddie Sharafian, and I'm excited to say it's going to be released on Disney Plus along with Soul this Christmas. Oh, good. We've also launched a new documentary series called Inside Pixar, which invites you into our studio for an up-close, never-before-seen look at the artistry, the craftsmanship, and the storytellers of Pixar. The first five episodes are available right now on Disney+, Plus, so check them out. And more are scheduled to be released in the coming months. Next, grab a quick snack with Pixar popcorn. This collection of mini shorts feature your favorite Pixar characters in all new bite-sized stories created by Pixar animators. These were a blast to make. Ooh, Pixar popcorn like comes that. to Disney Plus this coming January. We also have <laughs> three all new series that you'll soon be seeing on Disney Plus. The first is near to my heart as it's a spin-off from Up called Doug Days. It's written and directed by the hilarious Bob Peterson, the creator of Forky Asks a Question and the voice Aww. of Doug. This brand new series follows our favorite talking dog, now with Carl, as he returns from the dangers of the South American jungles to the dangers of suburbia. Here he will face many challenges, including puppies, fireworks, <laughs> and of course, squirrel! Doug Days will premiere on Disney Plus oh, in the fall of 2021. Oh, that looks so fun. I Here's can't a clip wait to from see what's going episodes. on with Carl. Doug, could you watch him for a spell? I'll be right inside if you need me. Oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so fun. Uh, you might want to quiet it down. Oh, I want the puppies to wake up so that I may take care of the puppies. You got your wish. Puppies. Okay, <laughs> here they come. <gasps> oh, Pixar shorts are so good. Puppies! <laughs> Puppy parade. Have fun, <laughs> I am faster than you. Faster than a puppy. <laughs> oh man. Hello, puppies. It is me, Doug. Oh. Oh, puppies. <laughs> How did you get there? You caught me. <laughs> shark eats your puppies. Tiny puppy teeth. Puppy teeth. Ow. So <laughs> shark. Next, we're excited to reignite the Cars franchise with an all-new series that follows Lightning McQueen and his best friend Mater as they head on a road trip across the country. These episodes will be filled with lots of fun new characters, imaginative destinations, as well as old friends checking in along the way. Our all-new Cars series is coming to Disney Plus in the fall of 2022. Following that, we're very excited to announce Pixar's first ever original long-form animated series. This is a big deal for us. 
It's being written and directed by two young story artists, Carrie Hobson and Michael Yates. While working together on Toy Story 4, these two often noticed that they'd have very different impressions of the very same meeting. One would think it went great, the other thought it was a disaster. And they thought, hey, that would be a cool thing to explore. And it developed into an original series we're calling Win or Lose. This series follows a co-ed middle school softball team in the week leading up to their championship game. Each 20-minute episode follows the same week, but from the perspective of a different character. But it's not really so much about softball as it is a comedy about love, rivalry, and the challenges we all face in our struggle to win at life. Win or Lose is coming exclusively to I'm Disney glad we're Plus getting a balance in the fall of 2023. Of so... Those are all projects we're working on and, for Disney Plus, um, all being made by our filmmakers in Emeryville with the same passion well. and excitement and quality as our feature films. And speaking of our feature films, we have an exciting lineup to share with you that really captures that perfect blend of tradition and innovation that I talked about earlier. At the center of each of our big tentpole films is a deeply personal story, and our next feature is no exception. Luca is the first feature for director Enrico Casarosa, who made the short film La Luna. And it's a love letter to Enrico's home country of Italy and a celebration of the universal themes of friendship. Set in a beautiful seaside town on the Italian Riviera, this original film is a heartfelt story about a young boy named Luca and his best friend Alberto, who experience an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Luca dives into theaters around the world in June 2021. Here's a sneak peek at our all-new trailer. Oh. Well, I'm we we're getting some good stuff. Um the a car series I think should be should be very interesting. I'm I'm fascinated to see how that's going to be. Um let's see. And and the original series looks good too. I'm I'm glad that they're going to have their teams working on these films. And as for Luca, I'm very I'm very excited for this too. Honestly, the thing is is that it's difficult for me to often get hyped up about these new properties because I don't know anything about them. But I I appreciate them coming out so much because there there's something there's something wonderful about having new stories and new characters to connect with and typically it takes about a few watches for me but you know it always becomes something that resonates with me so much um the story is always i can always find something to connect with uh and Marvel seems to be coming up very, very soon. And I <laughs> should be exciting stuff. After Luca, I'm excited to announce two, two new two. films today, both releasing in 2022. In the spring of 22, we have an original film directed by another first time feature director, Domi Shi, who won an Academy Award for her Pixar short film, Bao. Get ready for Turning Red. This is May, confident 13-year-old who's experiencing the excruciatingly awkwardness of being a teenager. 
Everything in her life is changing. Her interests, her relationships, her body, and balancing all this with family and crushes and her devotion to the biggest boy band on the planet is no small feat. Oh, and one more little detail. Whenever she gets too excited, which for a 13-year-old is like always, she uncontrollably poofs into a giant red panda. <laughs> kind of like the Incredible Hulk, but cuter. Turning Red is an original take okay. on the great tradition of coming-of-age comedies, albeit one with an emotional and a furry twist. And coming in the summer of 2022, I'm, I'm all hyped for trying to figure out why film unlike she transitions. We've done before. That'll be fascinating. That captured my attention. At first glance, you might think this is a Toy Story film. Well, not so fast. See, back when we created the very first Toy Story, we designed Buzz Lightyear with the idea that he was a toy based on some really cool character from an epic blockbuster film. Well, all these years chills. later, we decided chills everywhere. it's time to make that film. Directed by Pixar vet Angus McLean, co-director of Finding Dory, Lightyear is the definitive origin story of the original Buzz Lightyear. And it reveals that oh! this young test pilot became the space ranger we all know him to be today. Oh, that's and so sick! To announce, this new Buzz Lightyear will be voiced by none other than Chris Evans. You don't get much more traditional Pixar than Buzz, and we're excited to have Chris's help in bringing a new twist to this iconic character. We can't wait to take audiences to infinity oh! and beyond as Lightyear Buzz launches Lightyear! into in the summer of 2022. <laughs> So there you have Boss Lightyear! All I'm thinking about is the, the commercial at Toy Story. a proud part of the wonderful tradition of animation. Oh yeah! We look forward to introducing you <laughs> more characters, old and new, in years to come. Listen, I love Toy Story, but Just, Buzz uh, Lightyear, man! Don't tell Kevin Feige that we're hiring Chris Evans away from Marvel Studios, okay? Here we go! Marvel time! Here we go! <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Kevin Feige's in the stream. To have a home on Disney Plus, where nearly the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe is laid out in a way that's easy for fans around the world to enjoy. And today I'm excited to talk about the expansion and future of the MCU. As you may know, the Cinematic Universe weaves storylines and heroes and villains across 23 feature films to date. And with Disney Plus, we're able to extend this way of storytelling to a new format, creating series that are connected to our theatrical releases making the MCU more immersive than ever. There's a lot of new content coming from Marvel Studios, so let's get started. WandaVision will be the very first Marvel Studios series on Disney+. Wanda and Vision are two of our most powerful and complex heroes, and this series is a perfect expansion point for MCU storytelling. Launching on Disney Plus on January 15th, here's a look at the brand new trailer for WandaVision. Also, thank you for 10,000 people on the stream. What's a single gal like you doing rattling around this big house? Well, I assure you, I'm married to a man, a human one. We are an unusual couple. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. I just don't know what to expect. Howdy, neighbors. Hey, bud. 
are you? I don't know how I'm going I got something's wrong here. I'm so excited for this. Are you here to help us? This is our home. Then let's fight for it. Oh, this series. Well, I think we handled that well. Oh, this is going to be so cool. I love the new Elizabeth way of Olsen doing is this. currently in London right now. She's shooting the film Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness oh, with director yeah. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, back to the MCU. Rest of the cast, or back to Marvel Benedict films. Long, Rachel McAdams, and Chiwetel Ejiofor. And joining them is a new fan favorite character from the comics, America Chavez, played by Sochi Gomez. This film hits theaters March 25th, 2022, and we're really pushing the boundaries of storytelling with this thrilling, scary, mind-bending adventure. Not only will Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness connect directly to the events of WandaVision, but it will also connect to the events of our new Spider-Man film coming to theaters December 2021. Yeah! Moving to our next series for Disney+, Plus, which launches this coming March, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier features two recognizable superheroes last seen together in the final moments of Avengers Endgame. Sam Wilson, a.k.a. The Falcon, is played by Anthony Mackie, and Bucky Barnes, The Winter Soldier, is played by Sebastian Stan. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a cinematic experience. It's a Marvel Studios movie played out over six episodes. And now here for the first time is an exclusive look at The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> the legacy of that shield is complicated. Oh, shoot, this is. Oh, I'm so intrigued. It's upside down. People need something to get behind. They need the symbol. So what's our plan? So no plan. <laughs> Great. Oh, wow. cyborg brain of yours you don't want to know oh yeah i can see it working it's <laughs> turning oh they're malfunctioning they're on fire god i hate you oh the banter the the relationship of the predecessor like the now, inheritors of cap's legacy avengers endgame Epic. black widow will return to the big screen on may 7th 2021 
Of course, the film stars Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff. Fans have been patient, and I can't tell you just how ready we are for this Avenger to finally have her own standalone film. And speaking of fan-favorite characters, Loki. The God of Mischief will step out of his brother's shadow and into his own series on Disney Plus in May of next year. The great Tom Hiddleston returns as Loki and is joined in the series by Owen Wilson, Gugumbatha Raw, Sophia DiMartino, Mumni Mosaku, and Richard E. Grant. As with our other shows coming to Disney Plus, we want to try something a little different. Explore a new genre for us at Marvel Studios. So we've put Loki in the center of his own crime thriller. If that sounds a little unusual or confusing, don't worry. Loki's just as confused. Here's the very first look at Loki. Oh, we're getting everything. We get to see so much stuff. Get your hands up. See ya. What did you expect? <laughs> Dang. I'm Shifting very from Marvel Studios' first animated series coming to Disney Plus next summer, What If? flips the script on the MCU, taking famous events from the films and reimagining them in unexpected ways. I think We've this assembled would be a, a stellar voice series. cast with many MCU stars reprising their roles. Here's a look at What If? They just keep feeding us more. Time. Reality. It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility. Well, that doesn't sound ominous at all. an army. 
You have a super soldier. You sure don't seem too freaked out about all this, kid. What you doing out there all by yourself, anyway? Exploring the world. Sounds fun. But why stop at one world when we can show you all of them? I am the Watcher. I am your guide through these vast new realities. Watcher. Follow me, and dare to face the unknown. <laughs> and ponder the question. What if? Give me the tour. <laughs> Dark? Doctor Strange? I think that looks interesting. I think that looks fun. We've just wrapped production in Australia on our film Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And we're so impressed the way Simu Liu has brought the character of Shang-Chi to life. Simu is surrounded on screen by a fantastic cast that includes Aquafina, Tony Leung, and Michelle Yeoh. This film is among the very first in our phase four and is set to release in theaters on July 9th, 2021. Launching on Disney Plus later next year is Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is Next a Pakistani-American teen superhero. Earlier this year, during shutdown, we held online auditions all around the world to find our Kamala Khan. And we found her in Aman Vellani. Aman will be surrounded by a phenomenal cast and creative team that will bring this story to life. So here's an early look at Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is a new kind of superhero. But at the core of all of it, her story is so universal. Miss Marvel is one of the newer characters in the Marvel comics. And when one comes in that grabs the world's imagination like this, the questions are, when are we going to bring Miss Marvel to the screen? When Miss Marvel first came out, we had such an incredible reaction. It was so incredibly popular because everybody could see themselves in her. I never saw a young teenager of color, specifically a Pakistani, in a comic book. Are you kidding? I promised you'd be cool. I am cool. The casting process was vast. When we discovered Iman, we knew that she was Kamala Khan. It was unanimous decision. Yeah, I can't comprehend this right now. And then, of course, we've got a really incredible team of directors, Bilal Falah, Adel Al-Arabi, Mira Menon, and Sharmin Obeid Chinoy. And all of them are taking the material and elevating it. So human, it's about a teenager figuring out who she is and about relationships. Family and friendship is at the heart of the MCU canon. That's what's so exciting about the story that we're bringing is that we're going to introduce you to a new family that's also gonna be part of the wider MCU. I think it's interesting we're going to get like a more of a family show. The fact about Miss Marvel is that her idol is Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel 2 is currently in the works with director Nia DaCosta. And today I'm excited to announce that Miss Marvel, played by Iman, will be joining Brie Larson and co-starring in Captain Marvel 2. Ooh. Along with a grown-up Monica Rambeau, played by Tiana Paris, whom we will have already met in the upcoming WandaVision. So by now you should start getting a sense of the interconnectedness that infuses all of our storytelling. I like that Captain but Marvel that doesn't will have mean there aren't Marvel some unexplored corners of. of the universe. 
With next year's Eternals, we're introducing a brand new ensemble of superheroes to the MCU, played by a spectacular cast. This is an epic story spanning thousands of years, and it's one of our most ambitious films yet. Oh. It's set for theatrical release on November 5th, 2021. Original Avenger Jeremy Renner returns to star in Hawkeye, launching on Disney Plus late next year. In our series, Hawkeye teams up with another well-known archer from Marvel Comics, Kate Bishop. And I'm very pleased to confirm that Kate will be played by the amazing Haley Steinfeld. Rounding out that cast are Vera Farmiga, Fra Fee, and newcomer Alakwa Cox playing Maya Lopez. The episodes are being directed by Reese Thomas and the directing duo of like Bert and Birdie. Debuting for the first time in the MCU, She-Hulk is coming to Disney+. I like Plus. Hulk, so I'm happy to hear about It's a she series Hulk. about a woman trying to navigate the world and be taken seriously as a working professional, despite the fact that she's well over six foot seven and green. Also, thank you it's for 11,000 people in the stream. Woo! And, a new <laughs> and I can officially confirm that She-Hulk slash Jennifer Walters will be played by the talented and Emmy award-winning Tatiana Maslany. I'm also pleased to reveal that the brilliant Tim Roth is returning as the Abomination, a character we first introduced Ooh. to the MCU in 2008's The Incredible Hulk. And if that's not enough, I can confirm that the Hulk himself, Mark Ruffalo, will be appearing in the series as well. Good. And since Jennifer Walters is a lawyer who specializes specifically in superhero-oriented legal cases, you never know what Marvel characters are going to pop up from episode <laughs> to episode. <laughs> Bring your whole new different vibe to the MCU, Moon Knight is an action-adventure, Indiana Jones-type story coming to life as a Disney Plus series directed by Mohamed Diab. The character Moon Knight is a complex vigilante who suffers from disassociative identity disorder. And these multiple identities that live inside him are very distinct characters in the series. The backdrop of our story is incredible Egyptian iconography. Egyptology is something the world's always been fascinated by, and we're going to tap into it in a fun and bold way in Moon Knight. Now I want to talk about a couple of projects that we haven't announced yet. The first of which is Secret Invasion, Ooh. coming to Disney+. Plus. Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury, and Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel returns as the Skrull, Talos. Next to Civil War, Secret Invasion is arguably the biggest crossover comic event in the last 20 years, and we're bringing it to Disney+. Plus. It's about a sect of Skrulls who have infiltrated every level of life on Earth. Epic. Ironheart will be a series for Disney Plus about genius inventor Riri Williams, who has the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man's. Dominique Thorne will play the title role. And as we like to do, both Secret Invasion and Ironheart will tie directly to MCU feature films. We're also well underway on a series for Disney Plus based on Armor Wars, a classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. It's what happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands. And this series will star beloved member of the MCU, Don Cheadle, will be returning as Jim Rhodes, AKA War Machine. One of the best things about expanding the MCU to Disney Plus <laughs> is that our team at Marvel Studios is finally able to do some of the things we've always wanted to do, but didn't quite have the right outlet for. <laughs> like produce our first ever live action holiday special. The holiday In special. Reverend Guardians fashion, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is going to be a lot of fun, especially since James Gunn is back to write and direct. Yeah! In fact, we're going to shoot Boy. it during production of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This special will drop the holiday prior to the next Guardians of the Galaxy film, which hits theaters in 2023. And speaking of Guardians, awesome. aptly titled I Am Groot, everyone's favorite little tree, <laughs> Baby Groot, will star in a series of shorts on Disney Plus 
featuring several new and unusual characters. Before I go, I couldn't leave you without giving a few more updates on some of our most anticipated upcoming films. In January, we'll begin filming Thor, Love and Thunder with director Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson returning. Taika Waititi's busy too. And I'm pleased to confirm too. that Academy Award winning actor Christian Bale is playing the villain, Gore the God Oh, Witcher. I Thor, love, love and Christian Thunder Bale. releases in theaters on May 6, 2022. Oh, yeah. As we announced at Comic-Con last year, we're moving ahead with Blade, starring Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali. The development and storylines are coming together and we'll have announcements very, very soon. Director Peyton Reed is hard at work with our Marvel Studios team on the third Ant-Man film, which will officially be called Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer are all returning. And Catherine Newton is joining the cast and playing Cassie Lang. And in the role of Kang the Conqueror, we have a great actor, Jonathan Majors. I wanted to acknowledge the devastating loss of a dear friend and member of the Marvel Studios family. Chadwick Boseman was an immensely talented actor and an inspirational individual who affected all of our lives professionally and personally. His portrayal of T'Challa the Black Panther is iconic and transcends any iteration of the character in any other medium from Marvel's past. And it's for that reason that we will not recast the character. However, okay. to honor the legacy that Chad helped us build through his portrayal of the King of Wakanda, we want to continue to explore the world of Wakanda and all of the rich and varied characters introduced in the first film. Writer-director Ryan Coogler is hard at work on the sequel now and will bring the film to you in theaters July 8th, 2022. And finally, I'm happy to announce a film about one of the truly iconic Marvel families. In fact, Marvel's first family, Fantastic Four. Whoa. We're working on a feature now, and it will be directed by the director of our recent Spider-Man films, John Watts. We've got a lot in store I'm glad Marvel Black Studios, and Disney Plus is key to the interconnection and expansion of the MCU. It will be home for both our feature films and our series for years and years to come. Since Marvel first joined Disney back in 2009, Bob Iger's been the biggest champion of the work that we do. None of this would have been possible without his support. So it is now my pleasure to turn things back over to Bob. <laughs> Thank you. What an amazing presentation by Kevin and all of our creative executives. Truly astounding. As you just saw for yourselves, the same attributes that define our theatrical releases, the grand scale and scope, stunning artistry, and groundbreaking special effects are also apparent in many of the series we are producing. Of course, as remarkable as that presentation was, we obviously didn't have time to show you everything coming to Disney+, Plus, particularly a lot more original Disney-branded content. We launched the service last year with great ambition and high expectations, and we've exceeded them by every measure. There are thousands of episodes of television and hundreds of library titles and theatrical releases. It's truly spectacular. The enormous success of Disney Plus inspired us to be even more ambitious, and the pipeline of original content we're making is much more robust than we had initially anticipated, with an incredibly impressive number of great new episodic series, feature films, documentaries, and specials, all coming to the service in the next few years. They'll also be arriving at a much quicker cadence. We've set a target of 100 plus new titles per year, and this includes Disney Animation, Disney Live Action, 
Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. And of course, we'll continue to add more to our rich library as well. It's been an unbelievable first year, and the response from audiences around the world has been extraordinary. We've clearly positioned ourselves as a leader in the direct-to-consumer space, and the fact is, we're only just getting started. This video truly captures why we're so excited about the future of Disney+. Enjoy. Wow. I think I think they they did a lot of good stuff. The Marvel presentation was very good. And honestly, it was impressive how much they actually showed. Um unlike unlike a lot of the other studios where they would introduce something and pan to um pan to the investor uh the, with the presentation resuming shortly. This Marvel Marvel gave us so much they were they were so willing to share so much and i think it's partly because there's um there's just so much that's going to be released in the next few years it really seems like marvel is at the heart and is like a lot of the the pinnacle of what they want to accomplish on disney plus like it's it's kind of wild that um that Star Wars has been the backbone of Disney Plus's original content thus far with The Mandalorian, while like the MCU has been so much a larger of a behemoth in the last few years. And so I think WandaVision and um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, there's so much that's going to be released. And I think it's really exciting to be able to see. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that they at least referenced that some things are going to tie together. Um, that the Dr. Strange, um, Dr. Strange's sequel is going to tie in to everything that's happening with Spider-Man. But I, yeah, um, unfortunately we didn't get to learn anything wild because at the end of the day, Sony is in control of <laughs> the, the Spider-Man property in film, at least for the moment. But it, it appears that it probably won't shift for a long time. <laughs> I assume you now understand why we are so excited about our direct-to-consumer opportunity. And you now probably want to know how our business plans and content lineup translate into our subscriber and financial expectations. Well, I just happen to know the person who can address those topics. <laughs> So I would now like to introduce Disney's Chief Financial Officer, Christine McCarthy. Thanks, Lowell. And thanks to all of you for joining us. We are so proud of what we've been able to share with you today. And I hope it has reinforced why we continue to see such tremendous opportunity in the direct-to-consumer space. As you have heard throughout the day, our more aggressive direct-to-consumer business plans, supported by our new organizational structure, will allow us to further increase the value that our services deliver to consumers. We'll also continue to be responsive to our investors, as we are aligned in our goal of maximizing long-term shareholder value. We will continue to be transparent with all of you about our direct-to-consumer businesses. and 
we will continue providing the key metrics that help you best understand our progress. We will also provide incremental disclosures when appropriate. We plan to begin reporting results under our new structure in Q1 of fiscal 2021. Going forward, our operations will be organized under our two primary businesses, Disney Media and Entertainment and Disney Parks Experiences and Products. While we are still working through the details of our new financial reporting approach, our goal is to provide recast financials in advance of, but close to, our Q1 earnings call in February of 2021. Hmm. As we look ahead to reporting this new structure, one item I would like to highlight is that we will change how we attribute film and television costs to the various distribution platforms. Rather than having an inter-segment markup, we will allocate the cost plus a share of overhead. Now, I'll share with you how we expect our plans to drive growth and impact our direct-to-consumer financial results. Today, I'm going to provide guidance across our services for fiscal 2024 to be consistent with the time frame we guided to at our last investor day. Let me start with Disney Plus, which, as you heard earlier today, had 86.8 million total paid subscribers as of December 2nd, approximately 30% of which were Disney Plus Hotstar subscribers. When we discuss mm. Disney Plus subscriber guidance, here is some further context on what we mean. In most international markets, Star will be part of Disney Plus with a combined price point to consumers. This includes Disney Plus Hotstar markets, as well as markets where Star will be a sixth tile within the Disney Plus app. So, in these markets, our Disney Plus subscriber outlook reflects the inclusion of Star. Latin America requires a little more explanation. As Rebecca discussed earlier, consumers will have three options, Disney Plus on its own, Star Plus on its own, or a bundle of the two services. We intend to price the bundle in an attractive manner, and as a result, we anticipate relatively few Star Plus standalone subscribers. <sighs> so for simplicity, we will include we're, these we're kind of getting Disney back Plus into the, the financials of it all, but I'm glad that we got so much uh, If you to recall, see. <laughs> last year, we said that we expected Disney Plus to have between 60 and 90 million subscribers by the end of fiscal 2024. But as you know, our subscriber growth to date is well ahead of our original expectations. And we have an incredible and growing slate of high-quality content that will capture a broader global audience and further fuel Disney+, Plus, making it what we believe is an even more compelling product. These factors, along with the addition of our star general entertainment offering in various markets and the growth of Disney Plus Hotstar, give us an even greater optimism about our future. And they enable us to significantly increase our yeah, subscriber guidance. Going for 100 million. We now or... <laughs> expect that <laughs> by the end for. of fiscal 2024, we will have between 230 and 260 wow. million total paid Disney Plus subscribers globally, compared to the 60 to 90 million we shared last year.
I'll note that our prior outlook did not anticipate the launch of Disney Plus Hotstar, which we now expect could be between 30 and 40 percent of our subscriber base by the end of fiscal wow. 2024. That's wild. We clearly have an incredible opportunity to build a substantial global subscriber base. But we also believe we have the opportunity to increase Disney Plus pricing, given the additional value we will be adding to the service. So, in March of 2021, we will be increasing <laughs> the U.S. price oh. of Disney Plus by oh. $1 to $7.99 per month. And, oh. as Rebecca mentioned well, earlier, <laughs> we will be increasing the price of Disney Plus in continental Europe by two euros to $8.99 per month with oh, similar fun. adjustments in other <laughs> markets. These price I increases mean, reflect an increase in the underlying value sense. of the Disney Plus product offering, as well as the inclusion of star general entertainment content in many markets. As you've seen and heard today, this incredible trajectory of our subscriber growth will be fueled it just by kind our of continued and increased investment in high-quality content. Further to want to bundle, this includes which incremental sure investment is part of in the, the international general too. entertainment offerings we create and the local content we create or acquire. At our last Investor Day, we said we expected fiscal 2020 Disney Plus content amortization expense of approximately $2 billion. And we expected that to grow to the mid $4 billion range for fiscal 2024. Mm. In fiscal 2020, our content expense was roughly in line with that outlook. Looking forward, our revised outlook for subscriber Man, growth is fueled big in part <laughs> by an increased level of output that's what it for takes. Disney Plus. It's wild to think about, including the addition billions. of Star. This will drive higher fiscal 2024 content expense on our P&L than we previously expected. We now expect our content expense to be between eight and nine billion dollars in that mm. year. This Good increase stuff. reflects several factors, including increasing investment in original content under the five core brands with which we launched Disney Plus, particularly Marvel and Star Wars, making a significant incremental investment and our production of original general entertainment content that will drive our Star and Star Plus offerings. Producing and acquiring local content in international markets, which will increase our relevance and subscriber penetration in those markets. And the inclusion of Disney Plus Hotstar in our revised outlook, which includes both entertainment content and sports rights costs. We previously stated that we expected Disney Plus would reach its peak year of losses between fiscal 2020 and fiscal 2022. Consistent with this range, our expectation today is that Disney Plus will reach its peak year of losses in fiscal 2021. Given the value of growing our subscriber base, as you've seen today, we plan to reinvest revenue generated from our better than expected subscriber growth back into content investment. Thus, wow. we continue to expect Disney Plus to achieve profitability in fiscal 2024. Again, you know, that's I'll something note most that people don't think about either. Is that Disney Plus, they're Star, not making money off Star of the, Plus the and streaming Disney service Plus yet. Disney Plus As isn't profitable. And trends evolve further over the coming years. We will calibrate and adapt our content creation, distribution, 
and pricing, all while maintaining a strong value proposition for our consumers. The guidance we are providing reflects our plans as of today, but we operate in a dynamic world and we are certain consumer expectations and preferences will continue to evolve. We will remain flexible in our approach with a keen focus on serving consumers and maximizing shareholder value. Switching gears, Hulu has a 12-year track record of growth, which has accelerated in recent years, and the service continues to perform well. With more than a decade of data to learn from and to inform our outlook, we told you last year that by the end of fiscal 2024, we expected Hulu's domestic paid subscriber base to grow to between 40 and 60 million. I believe they already had Looking done that forward, too. we are refining our outlook and we now expect Hulu will have between 50 and 60 million subscribers by the end of fiscal 2024. Hmm. This includes subscribers to the live TV product, which includes Hulu's SVOD content. We now expect Hulu to achieve profitability in fiscal 2023 compared to the range we provided last year of fiscal 2023 or fiscal 2024. Man, that's wild Turning that Hulu ha isn't even Plus, profitable, even though it's been out for so many with the years. Of the service. When we last met, we said that we expected ESPN Plus to have between 8 and 12 million subscribers by the end of fiscal 2024. We have evolved our business model since then, and today we are going after mass market penetration to reach an even broader audience of sports fans. As a result, we've seen the successful uptake of our domestic streaming bundle. This, alongside ESPN Plus's exclusive live events, original programming, and editorial content that you heard about earlier today, has led us to change our outlook. We now expect ESPN Plus will have between 20 and 30 million subscribers by the wow. end of fiscal 2024. While this strategy leads to a substantially larger ESPN Plus subscriber opportunity than we expected at the time of our last investor day, it also drives a lower ARPU. What about than we you guys? Do you guys expected. get the bundle Thus, for Disney we Plus? We continue to believe Do ESPN get Plus anything will outside reach of Disney Plus. What, what's your purchasing habits in line like? with what we said last year? I currently only we have Hulu and Disney have Plus. Incredible entertainment properties and content engines that will drive the growth we talked about today. To put our total direct-to-consumer content investment outlook into perspective, we expect that for fiscal 2024 our global direct-to-consumer content expense on our P&L will be between 14 and $16 billion across Disney+, Plus, <laughs> Hulu, and mm -hmm. ESPN+. This excludes Hulu Live's programming costs for networks on its digital MVPD service. This level of content investment demonstrates our commitment to pivoting and accelerating our strategy. Putting this all together, when you oh add yeah, if you lived in if I lived in Canada, I would definitely want the, the star services built in. We expect to reach between three hundred and three hundred fifty million everyone outside global of do subscriptions <laughs> domestic United States. Our services by the end of fiscal twenty twenty four, compared to the one hundred thirty seven million we had as of December second. 
It is clear that our strategy yeah, it seems has like most already either get the full bundle as a leading global streaming service provider. And that is within just one year of launching Disney Plus. Looking forward, we have the utmost confidence in the trajectory of our direct-to-consumer businesses and in our ability to continue to create significant shareholder value. With that, I will hand things back over to Bob Chapek. Bob Chapek. Thanks, Christine. Woo. After what you've seen today, you can surely understand why we are so excited and so optimistic about the future of the Walt Disney Company. The vast collection of content we showed you from our team of world-class creatives truly is unparalleled. And we are there delivering are it to audiences across our unique portfolio of streaming services in a way only Disney can. In just its first year, Disney Plus has vastly exceeded all of our expectations. And now, with the strategic vision that we just illustrated for you that puts the consumer in charge, we're incredibly confident that we will achieve the long-term guidance that Christine outlined, giving fans the wide array of great, high-quality entertainment they want, delivered when and how they want it. We believe the combined strength of all of our efforts will fundamentally transform the Walt Disney Company, create significant long-term value for our shareholders, and position us to achieve even greater success as we enter our second century. And with that, I'll turn it back over to Lowell for our investor Q&A session. Thanks, Bob. We're now going to transition to an analyst Q&A session. But in order to do that, we need to give our analysts an opportunity to dial in to ask their questions. So while they're doing that, please enjoy the Academy Award-winning Pixar short, Piper. Oh, wow. We, we've gotten just so much all, all in one day. Hmm. The, the, it's been, it's been incredible. I, I've really enjoyed getting the chance to hear, hear this entire presentation. Um, I don't, let's see if now the, the difficult, the difficulty for me now is to try to decide, do we continue, um, do we continue forward and um, do the Q and A, or do we do we wrap it up here? Um, I think like the main presentation has given us so much information um, about how much Disney has grown going forward, um, how much they are going to expand, and how they're going to do that through a lot of different content. Um, I'm, I'm especially excited for Kenobi, the Buzz Lightyear movie. I'm very excited for. Um, and I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just very pleased with it. Oh, there's, there's an interest in, oh, we're, we're getting, we're getting contrary opinions, <laughs> uh, of whether we continue or we, we wrap it up.
It's probably the longest stream I've ever done too. The, I felt like it did a pretty good job of, um, combining, uh, a lot of the business aspects of it, but I really liked the content block. Probably the, the thing that I'm looking forward to the most right now for, of original content, um, is, is definitely the Tiana show. Tiana and Moana shows are, are really exciting for me. Okay. <laughs> we've, we've got, we've got a lot of people saying stay. So, um, since we've got so much encouragement, um, I would, I would, I'll continue to keep going since, since there's, there's the opportunity to, when we've got so many people here and there's an interest for it. Um, I'm happy to keep going. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man never, never got too much, <laughs> um, call out in the Marvel section, but I think that's, you know, I can, I can understand that it's, you know, it's a Sony property after all, um, I was optimistic about it. I knew they were going to talk a lot about, um, <laughs> about a lot about Marvel. Um, and we got a reference to him. That was just something that was something that that has just been blowing up all around the internet right now is talking about Spider-Man. I I saw a reference to uh talking about Chadwick and I I think it's probably okay that he's not being recast. I think that's a respectful thing to do. Um and I think what's most likely going to happen is that Shuri uh the Black Panther's sister is going to take up the mantle of Black Panther, which uh, I think I think can still yield an incredible story, um, and that's something we're going going to be experiencing soon anyway. Um, and with a lot of different characters, is the mantle is getting passed. So I think that's something we'll just have to you know kind of get used to um, in this realm of uh, this phase three. Wrapping up the, yeah, unfortunately we never got any kingdom hearts information or anything like that. Um, yeah, that's, which was too bad. Oh wow. This it's been it's been a long journey going through this. <laughs> There's just been so much that we got to got to see. It's kind of cute that they've got ways to interact with everyone in between the segments. Um, uh, the, the event is, is mostly, um, 
over. This was just, just a short that they were showing in between. Um, now in the final Q and A. The unfortunate reality is I will have to be done at 8. Welcome back, everyone. But it's exciting to get a few more things. By Bob Chapik and Christine McCarthy, and we are going to spend the next few minutes answering some of your questions. We'd like to welcome a group of analysts who are joining us by Zoom. Good to see you all. Um, and I would like to ask each analyst that in order to help uh, us yes, to the get whole stream to will be live for possible, anyone to continue to, limit to see to here and on Disney's website. Additionally, we'd encourage you to ask questions germane to today's presentation. Now, for those of you asking a question, please remember to unmute your mic when you are called upon. And unless you are asking a question, please make sure your line remains muted. And with that, we are ready to take our first question, and it comes from the line of Ben Swinburne from Morgan Stanley. Ben, it's good to see you. Uh, please unmute yourself and go ahead with your question. Sure, can you hear me? We can, Ben. Great. This is kind of um, cool. Now this stuff is, seems to be live. Bob, you talked a lot about flexibility in distribution decisions, which is clearly an advantage you have with all these different options. But you also have these, you know, significant tentpole franchise films, which carry tremendous value in kind of marketing and, and franchise heft. So, you know, when we look at, for example, Pinocchio going to Disney Plus Direct, Raya Premier Access, I think Little Mermaid is theatrical. What is the decision-making process that goes into those choices? And, um, you know, I guess just to play devil's advocate, why not go day and date, you know, with your biggest films? as you talk about meeting the consumer where they are and the consumer's in charge. I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. Sure. Well, first of all, flexibility is going to be a big dynamic going forward for us because there's obviously two things happening. Number one is uh, COVID and how that's impacting the marketplace, both from a consumer behavior standpoint, but also in terms of a theater exhibition standpoint. I mean, uh, we've got that uh, dynamic going as well. And then changing consumer behaviors overall. So uh, to me, it's really about over of the 100 titles that we announced today, 80% of them are going uh, first to Disney Plus, which I think says something about our pivot over to Disney Plus. But at the same time, we had $13 billion of box office last year. And that's obviously not something to sneeze at. And we know as the Walt Disney Company, who've got this plethora of franchises that we just showed you today, that we build those franchises through the theatrical exhibition window, and we did 13 billion back in 19. So for us, it's about balance, and it's about following the consumer as they make that transition. And so part of why we did the reorganization that we did is to ensure that we've got an organization that's flexible to read all the cues, whether it's the cessation of COVID or it's changing consumer behavior, so that we can very nimbly make decisions um, uh, as we go forward. And that 80% uh, direct-to-consumer is not just Disney Plus, obviously, but that includes Hulu and Star as well. Um, I don't really know ben, why anything went question. dark for a while. If it did, um, our next question it, must, will come it from probably Alexia picked up the, the short or Alexia, something like that. Welcome. Please unmute yourself. And so, but I'm glad it's still up. 
Yes. Thank you. Uh, can you just talk about your decision um, to put um, ESPN channels on Star Plus in Latin America and really how that may impact your relationship with your distributors down there, how you look at the linear relationships down there, and if there are any sort of read-throughs, you know, that we can sort of take away from that decision in terms about your relationship to the distributors here and here domestically and what that means for your linear channels. You know, as we go ahead and expand uh, our DTC offerings across the world, what we're very keen to do is not do a one-size-fits-all application. We know, for example, uh, in Europe that it's very important to have general entertainment bundled directly with our Disney Plus offerings because of what specifically the consumers are, are looking for there. In Latin America, per your question, we know that sports is kind of the equivalent there. And what we're trying to do is come up with a really nice combination of general entertainment, local uh, uh, thank you for the uh, super chat, content, Cosmic well Volcano. And so it's really Spider-Man 3 is coming, as but we move there. It's, in terms of the relationship, we didn't get much information MVPD, because it's the Sony property. Uh, uh, partners that we have, you know, we're going to make the evolution that the consumer is looking for. But at the same time, we understand that our partnerships are important, particularly those that are spinning off large amounts of cash for us. Now, that would always be a consideration, but particularly a consideration as our parks are obviously under duress from COVID. So it's really a balancing act, and it goes back to the first question. That's why we're all about flexibility right now. Okay, Alexia, thanks so much. Um, uh, our next question so some comes are from Doug saying Michelson with Credit Suisse. You don't Suisse. understand Doug, what's going on. Good to see you. I'll Please unmute. And try to give some context. They're mainly just nice talking about well. how they you. made the decisions uh, that they do. On, on the Bob Chapek just keeps reiterating uh, that they're trying to make adjustments. Seventy-five million or so of those coming from Hotstar. It looks like a pretty big revenue increase for Disney Plus when you look out to fiscal twenty-four, something like maybe ten billion, and you raised your programming expense guide by four, four and a half billion. So you say profitably by fiscal twenty-four. I, I, I just, I guess, curious to see other cost buckets, but. Overall, are you spending um, substantially more that incremental four and a half billion as a company, or are there offsets elsewhere? Thanks, Christine. You want to? Yeah, thanks, Doug. Um, we are um, we're, we're definitely still in launch mode as it relates to Disney Plus. We're still going into new markets. Um, some of the expenses are things like marketing, um, just the you know having going outside of the U.S. where the, the uh, brand is very well known. Some of the markets will be in. The brand is known, some others not as well known. So looking at, you know, just how we can best get our uh, direct-to-consumer businesses more broadly distributed over this initial few years yeah. uh, going into the launch um, is also part of that uh, profitability From guidance that we've given. Some Disney documentaries really I've about, seen. I think you saw today the content. They talked um, about the range that. of content. So we feel really good about what we have um, under development, what's on the uh, on the list of to to be developed over the next few years. So um, and once again. This is, as I said, uh, towards the end of my prepared re remarks, um, th this is where we are at this point in time. So I would say this is a minimum amount of content that you will be seeing. Doug, thank you. Okay, our next question will come from Michael Nathanson. Like in Asian countries, they're Nathanson. only really aware Michael, of good to see you. Mickey yeah, and Minnie. Good Go ahead. Yeah. And not hey, as much you? about uh, the library for, uh, of Christine. content that they've created over the years. The forecast uh, from India and Hotstar, um, and then Latin America that's coming on in June. Can you talk a bit about the ARPU 
strategies, the pricing strategies in those markets? And what role does advertising play to maybe drive growth in, in those markets? Yeah, maybe? Sony is its own company. They're their own I'll take that. entity. Um, and hi, Michael. Disney, Great to see Disney you. is its own entity. Any of you in a long time. Years so, ago, Marvel um, sold a bunch a, of their movie nice, rights. Um, and Sony today. got Spider-Man. Um, ARPU, as we all know, is lower in India than in the other markets that we have launched Disney+. Plus. Your question around advertising is a really good one. Advertising is on Hulu. You can either get the product with or without um, advertising. Um, but when you look at the Disney brand, the Disney Plus product, we have a very high um, volume of films on our service. And we don't believe that the consumer experience would be a, a particularly good one if we had advertising on Disney Plus. Um, that doesn't mean that we couldn't look at some other things um, related to advertising, but in terms of having advertising in the stream uh, for Disney Plus, our intention is not to do that. Thank but we goodness. Look at pricing, <laughs> also, which is going to be impacting ARPUs throughout the world on a on a region or country by country basis. So as we showed today, you know we are increasing the price in continental Europe by two euros. Um, it's a different product because it you know, I got to agree. I would rather the Disney Plus in, cost in more domestic US compared to getting ads in it, it by goodness $1 gracious. <laughs> uh, starting in March. So there is a combination of things going, but we are going to be very focused on ARPU because, you know, it is part of the revenue um, equation. Yeah, and I, I would just add, Michael, the one place where you will see advertising is on uh, sports. So mm -hmm. Disney Plus Hotstar and obviously Star Plus and LATAM. Uh, if there are live events, we obviously have commercial breaks and you'll mm -hmm. see advertising there. Um, mm -hmm. Michael, thanks. Good to see you. Um, our next question will come from the line of Jessica Reef Ehrlich with Bank of America. Jessica, good to see you. I don't believe you're unmuted. I, I, am I, I think, um, can you hear me? Yeah, we can now, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, hi, everybody. I am... Um, uh -oh. And you froze. <laughs> All right. And in the ESPN... Jessica, you froze. If you could start over, that would be great. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. How are you... What do you anticipate for longer-term operating margins for each of the services? And in your ESPN guidance, does that encompass major sports shifting over? I wonder what she means by shifting over. Um, so, Jessica, um, great to see you as well. Um, Long term, we are in the beginning, we are in the first innings of this direct-to-consumer business of ours. Um, we're most focused on launching the service, getting engagement, um, having consumers really enjoy all of the content that we have to offer. Um, so we're not providing margin, uh, guidance on margins. Um, but you can assume that, you know, we will have um, additional content that is going to, uh, we'll, we'll decide when we're going to um, put that content on, but we, we will be focused on margins, but right now we're really focused on uh, the distribution side and having consumers engage with our services. Right. And ESPN Plus assumes some sports uh, shift, as Jimmy had indicated, to uh, ESPN Plus, uh, but nothing of significance that would disrupt our linear networks right now. But I will say that every time we enter into a discussion with one of our providers, uh, one of our partners on the sports rights side, ESPN Plus is always a part of that discussion. 
And recall that we've given guidance on profitability for Disney Plus in 24, ESPN Plus in 23, and Hulu in 23, uh, if that gives you any guidance towards the, the margins. Yeah, I mean, even in our SEC deal today, mm -hmm. yeah. there's some allocation of yeah. rights right. to uh, ESPN Plus, so that will, I think you'll continue to yeah. see that moving forward. Right. Jessica, thanks. Um, our next question will come from Jason Bazinet with Citi. Jason, good to see you. Uh, make sure you're unmuted and go ahead. I'm great. Uh, thanks so much. Um, you, you guys didn't say anything about sort of the syndication revenues that you generate today. Um, should investors sort of view those as unchanged or are there some rights that today you might license out to a competitor SVOD player that would come on your own platform that would cause those syndication or licensing revenues to diminish? Thanks. Christine, you want to? Sure. Hi, Jason. Um, we are still licensing some content because we have some existing contracts that still have a period of time to run. Going forward, we yeah, our like intention they, is to have as much of our content produced by like Hulu all of currently the has like some seasons of like go on to our services like Nickelodeon However, series on it and stuff like that. There may be some that for you know just one reason or but another we choose not to put on their the services. parent company so is going will to have, have a licensing going soon, forward, so albeit at a much we'll lower degree than we have in periods past. Jason, thank you. Um, we will now go to Mike Morris with Google. Yeah, it seems Mike, content isn't nice going to be spread you. out as much anymore. It's go going ahead. to get consolidated to each right, of the studios. Thank you, Logan, to you all as well. Um, my question is a follow-up on ESPN. That's why Netflix is making uh, clearly so much stuff. You're, you're they have to have a library. very hard and being very aggressive with your content investment uh, and this decision to make your content available uh, directly to consumers and meet them where they are. But that is more of a challenge with ESPN. The push doesn't feel as aggressive, even even though you are clearly spending on ESPN Plus. I'm hoping you could talk a little bit about a, what what a path may look like for those uh, largest investments on ESPN Plus or on ESPN rather to at some point be made available direct to consumer. Um, I realize it's a complicated process, but I'd love to hear maybe what some of the the dominoes are that need to fall over time that that uh, we could get the full ESPN as a standalone. Okay, Bob, you want to take that? Sure. Sure. Uh, you're right that the it's a much more complicated uh, equation uh, in the DTC area in sports uh, because of essentially the fact that we have to go get the rights externally for the content. But we've always said that we will follow uh, the best interests of our shareholders uh, when we make that transition. I think Jimmy ended his presentation with a statement that we're going to continue to watch consumer trends and when we believe the time is right to make a transition. We will be prepared to make that transition. Right now, though, we believe that we're best with the hybrid model that we've got. While the tilt may not be quite as strong uh, as you referenced as it is in our direct-to-consumer general entertainment business or Disney Plus business, it's still tilting, just not quite as aggressively because we don't think the time is right as a measurement of what would be right for our shareholders at this moment. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Mm. Thanks for that question. And our next question will come from Stephen Cahall with Wells Fargo Securities. Stephen, go ahead. Ask your question. Thanks very much. Good to see you all. Um, see a you. big picture question, since you really set the stage out to 2024 and you've got Disney Plus Hotstar, you've got the new Comcast bundle and your nesting star inside of Disney Plus in a lot of markets. So 
Yeah, that's weird that Comcast uh, relationships, since they own Universal and so many of their competitors. There's a big subscriber acquisition advantage to bundling. So, you know, over time, do you see yourself bundling globally? Thank you. Okay, so so short term, I mentioned that we see different consumer dynamics in each of those regions, which is driving us to do what we're doing. And in those markets for those consumers that do want to try to combine things and, and make it easier, uh, our bundle is our solution for now. But right now, uh, uh, we're looking with flexibility. Again, I hate to keep using that word, but it really is <laughs> a common thing. We're gonna look with flexibility because we understand that those dynamics, because this is an embryonic market, this yeah. direct-to-consumer market, we understand those dynamics may change. So something that we can- I'm glad that he right keeps now, emphasizing America, flexibility. Europe or Asia might look a certain way today, but they have to just keep changing and uh, consumer it's, behavior it's so change, volatile. <laughs> uh, it may change. So we're not going to put a stake in the ground on any one strategy in any one market. All we can tell you is that we believe that the way we're launching these products today is the optimal way, given the dynamics that we're reading. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Good to see you. Um, our next question will come from Brett Feldman with Goldman Sachs. Brett, nice to see you. Go ahead, ask your question. Yes, uh, th thanks for taking the question. Um, the higher long-term subscriber targets that you've put out there, I'm curious, to what extent does that reflect an expectation that you will do a better job penetrating the TAM you had previously estimated versus a view um, that there might actually be a larger TAM, particularly as you Bob incorporate Bob says embryonic, he means like answer, early stage. Hearing what you've seen. Like, and what you anticipate you're going to see in the television future, industry has been around for like decades. Direct-to-consumer streaming services has only been in the last few okay, I'll, years. Okay, I'll take that, Brent. Um, we're looking at higher penetration of the TAM. Uh, we spoke about the, uh, the size of that um, at our first in investor day, um, and we gave the number as 1.1 billion. Um, so we will penetrate with more uh, content, Matthew Ahmad, I will content most like likely seen today. do and a big video on everything that's coming tomorrow. That will also drive subs with the general entertainment, which is, you know, something different than what we talked about at the first in investor day. And we're also looking at um, looking at the content being four quadrants. So people with kids, people without kids, males, females, all the different demographics, we think they will find content that they want to consume on our services. So because of that, we believe that we will increase the penetration. And interestingly, right now we have, there are more families without kids than we expected. Um, so I know that there have been, you know, some comments or, you know, news stories or articles that talk about it our service Disney Plus being intended more for kids. Um, and I would tell you that the, the observation we have, which is real and data driven, is that pe more people without kids are subscribers today. <laughs> okay, thanks I, for the I'm included in that um, statistic. We will now go to <laughs> Brian Kraft with Deutsche Bank. Brian, nice to see you. Uh, go ahead, ask your question. Thanks, and, and good nice to see you guys too. Um, can you give us a sense as to what total I hope I can get on this, this Q&A sometime. <laughs> to that 14 to 16 <laughs> That'd be billion so cool. In 2024. And also, I was just wondering if you could clarify, you said you're targeting 100 new originals per year. Is that a 2024 target, or, or is that something that happens sooner than that, like 21 or 22? Thanks. On, I'll take the, the second question, then I'll leave you for okay. the first one. On, 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 we, we announced today over 100 titles 
So that's a, a relatively immediate a goal. And again, that's 63 series and 42 films, 80% of which are initially destined for uh, our direct-to-consumer channels. And by the way, as you know, pretty much every one of our uh, movies ultimately ends up, or series ends up on, on the direct-to-consumer services anyway. But uh, that's really a more immediate uh, goal. But we continue to expect to do that throughout the life of um, this plan that we Star is today. supposed to come to Canada, Europe, and Asia. And on Europe, the content amortization, um, the original guidance that we uh, gave at the original Investor Day was $2 billion, And uh, that is consistent uh, with what actually occurred in fiscal 20. And we haven't gone out. Um, we're not going to be talking about amortization as much as we're going to be talking about content spend. But you can anticipate that the, the cash uh, content spend will be higher than the expense on the P&L for the years when we're still ramping up the content investment. So that's a dynamic um, that I think you're pretty familiar with with other streaming services, and we will have that same dynamic. Okay, and uh, Brian, good to see you. Thanks, thanks for joining us. So uh, we're going to take one last question. There has been no discussion Hubbard, about yes. uh, the parks John, at all. The line is yours. This has pretty much only been about direct uh, consumer content. Thank you for fit, fitting me in. Good to see you all. Um, is the premium access product um, just a function of the, the pandemic, or do you ex expect it to extend? You know, once we're once Ooh, we're past great all this, question. And, and have you guys found the right pricing with the Ulan release? Right. In terms of the premium access strategy, uh, that is, as uh, I think Kareem shared in the presentation, you know, the, the offering, the DTC offering, when we're day and date with theatrical. Obviously, right now, that works fairly well as we have a uh, theatrical business that is being very, very challenged. That enables us not to have the title stacking up, uh, if you will, uh, by being able to encourage us to go ahead and release a title in the theatrical market maybe before we're back up to 100% penetration. So to your point, it really works really well now during the pandemic. Uh, we're going to see as we get more and more experience whether we think that's a strategy that can go forward uh, as a, a business model. That piece of it, though, goes to the second change dynamic because we mentioned there's COVID, but there's also changing consumer demand and we're going to read every single title we're doing Raya in March will be a data point for us to better understand what Premier X can be <clears throat> access can be both in a COVID world and in a post COVID world. Hmm. John, thanks for for that question. So no <coughs> price. And this <laughs> Pretty much they're just going to try Premier access with Raya and see if it works. All of you for spending so much of your time with us today. Um, I'd also like to take a moment, if I may, to thank everyone here at Disney who worked on the team and worked so incredibly hard over the past couple of months to create today's Investor Day. Uh, we hope that it provided you with yes, a better understanding no of Yes, there's no discussions about the X-Men, so no discussions about our in depth about the parks, none about Spider-Man, and nothing about Disney television tonight. animation, And we wish all of you a very good evening. Thanks so much. Wow, we did it. Almost five hours <laughs> of discussion about what has been happening with Disney Plus, what the content we're about to expect coming up. Um, just, just so much information 
um, about the future of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, I think I think I I have to do some type of video breaking down what we saw. There's just so much to go through and so much to be excited about. And I don't think most people want to watch the entire four and a half hours <laughs> that that we did. Um, but but I I appreciate you all being here. Um, this this has been so incredible. Uh, the largest live stream I've ever done happened today peaking over 11,000 people. That was just absolutely incredible. And we all got to share in our passion for Disney and love for Disney. You know, not everything they do is perfect. Not everything they do is exactly what I would want to do if I was in leadership positions. Um, But I am very appreciative for all of the creative people that work tirelessly and committed their lives to create things that can inspire us, educate us and lead us forward into the future and give us hope. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited, uh, about so many different series and stories and films and experiences that we'll get to have going out into the future. Um, I, I am just so thankful again for you being here. I've had so much fun with you and Goodness gracious, there's going to be so much more magic for us to be able to experience in the next few years. I mean, even in 2021 alone, we're going to be able to have so much, so much fun. And I can't wait to be able to experience it all with all of you. Um, If you're new to the channel, uh, my name is Isaac Carlson. I talk about Disney characters, stories and theories and things like that. Um, And I love diving into these worlds and these stories. And so if, if you're interested in more discussions like that, make sure to subscribe, like the stream. <laughs> this has been incredible. I can't wait to see what the future of Disney plus will be, especially in the, in the next decade, once they're, um, once they build up a catalog and once they're profitable, how they'll continue to expand, um, and how that will tie into not only what they're producing, but the experiences at the Disney parks and so much more. Um, this is exactly what I wanted this week <laughs> is to be able to experience um, a massive dive into so many of the different properties that I, I know and love. I, I am so thankful um, that there's thousands of people working so hard to create all of these wonderful stories for us. And with that, um, thank you so much again. Um, if you're interested in more streams like this, let me know uh, down in the comments or in the chat what you'd like to see. Uh, I, I've loved doing this. This has been a great time. Um, man, man, I'm just, I'm just stunned of the response and the way we've all been able to interact. I've really felt like we're just this community of of amazing fun people that all just wanted to, to be here for one, um, one passion all together. <laughs> oh, just so incredible. And with that, if you're interested in supporting me as well, my Patreon is linked down below, but of course that's just for you. If you want to go above and beyond, I just appreciate you being here with me, watching the videos, talking to me, being able to, 
add something to the community. <laughs> this has been amazing. I love Disney. I love all of you who are a part of this magical community with me. And I hope you have a very magical day.